shore where the mountains meet the sea in a clapboard shack by a broken down tree. There's a light in the window, just soft to gals inside. I'm not sure if they're witches, but you know that's implied. Got the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, see, hey. Welcome to the Sea Hags Podcast. I am Katie Nordgren. And I am Chris Jeppa. And with us today is uh, my lovely friend Rachel. She's visiting up here from the United States of America. And <laughs> let us know that she was coming into town. We're like, we have to snag you because we had some really good chats the last time you were in town. And we're like, you know that I'm starting a podcast, right? Like, you gotta be on it. So you said, next time I'm in town... Uh, so yeah, welcome, yeah. Rachel. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Hey, girl, hey. I, yeah, I have been looking forward to this for a while, actually, because yeah. I think we talked about this in February. Yeah, pretty much. Yay. So we had, like, started the idea and started recording slowly, but now we're, like, on it. We're, like, getting nice. into getting into a groove, sort of, kind of. Get into the groove. Don't pay for the royalty. <laughs> expensive. Keep it to eight bars. Keep it to eight bars. Stop. <laughs> It's a parody. We're covered by parody oh, laws. Yes. Uh, so we are back again recording in the Sea Shanty Shack down by the industrial bluffs of New Brighton Park in East Vancouver. It's a little rickety shack perched on the uh, bluffs, which we forgot to mention to you. Rachel is laughing really hard. But the, I thought it felt very shack-like when I came in here. Yes, the recording studio itself is very luscious, but we're perched teetering on the brink of like imminent disaster. Absolutely. At any point. I found it. Oh, you found, found it? it. Oh. Yeah, I've been looking for a fan fiction that I wrote when I was 15. Sorry to like just jump no, in no, there, but I've been not. looking for it for a while. Okay, there has to be a dramatic reading, there at ha- least a portion of it. Oh, okay. we certainly well, yeah. <clears throat> No, I love a dramatic reading on the Sea Hags so, podcast. So you've already teased the topic of our podcast. I did, I podcast, just throw it in there. Which is totally fine. We want to talk about fan fiction writing, and there's a few reasons for that. One is uh, that we all kind of have different experiences with that as teenagers, and using that to... <clears throat> Whatever. Express our freakier sort of sides of selves. Engaging with fan culture. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which we did touch on a little bit on Cat's episode, but oh, yeah. it was a bit more ambiguous. This kind of gets a little bit into the heart of it. Oh. Uh, maybe. And uh, Rachel also, like, does some writing. <laughs> some writing. <laughs> Never really stopped with the teen thing. Yeah. So I, I still write a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot. A lot. Do you write a lot? Do you still write fan fiction for your own pleasure? Or? Yeah, I just finished a novel. What? Actually, a what? fan a fan novel. Really? Yes. Is it this going to be the new my... Fifty Shades of Grey or Outlander? Because that was no, all fan no. I wrote like legitimate stories with no doing it. I was very proud of what? myself. Get out of this I know, house! I know. Was, You're not like... welcome in the shack if there's no fucking in your fan. <laughs> I know, right? I'm stretching my wings. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, usually it's stretching my legs, but you know. <laughs> Uh, Let the listener know. <laughs> so we're starting out on a classy note. Um, As yeah, no, I'm going to take my do. leggings off on that note, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm the sort of, like, I'm the person who will do it obsessively for a couple of years and then leave it for a few years. So if a fandom pulls me back in, eventually I'm like, okay, I need to write something. So just when you think you're out, they just, pull you right back in. Absolutely. What is the, what is the fandom <clears throat> that has pulled you back in this oh, time? Oh, my goodness. It's so embarrassing. Good. More than anything else Good. is embarrassing. It's all the same. Uh, <laughs> they're... Do you know who the actor Yoan Griffith is? Yes. Yeah, okay, so he had... He's Horatio Hornblower. So I I got really into... Okay, so that was was my gateway drug, right? So (laughs) it started out with 
being really into the Eighth Doctor, and they had all these audio dramas, and I was listening to those, and then I was like, what else has Paul McGann done? Because I'm that completionist, and I got into watching Ratio Hornblower, and then Ewan Griffith had a new TV show coming out called Forever, and I was like, oh, we'll just see what this is about, and, you know, 50 stories later, yeah, wow. so... Yeah, That's so I've amazing. been writing a bunch of stuff, and I wrote three novels in the past two years. Holy That's, shit. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't realize that it was that extensive. That yeah, been... well, I kind of keep it chill. <laughs> I don't talk about it very much with people who don't write fan fiction, because it's a little hard to explain. People mm-hmm. don't really understand it. They really don't understand it. It's like with sports, people have this... Um, misunderstanding that it's like you can have beer league soccer and still really enjoy it it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like you're out doing pro sports writing is exactly the same and yet so true people mm-hmm. cannot put that together in their heads it's like so you're gonna sell it so you're gonna market it so you're gonna publish why would it yourself? you do why would you do anything if you couldn't pay it's get like, paid for it no i'm gonna put this on the internet and then people are gonna tell me i'm really awesome and it's great <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do it? Do you, do you pre- I just for the listener who is not a fan fiction reader or creator, perhaps there are several different sites that aggregate uh, fan yeah. created. So I like Archive of Our Own. That's the one I was going to mention as sort of like well regarded as the um, sort of not necessarily even the most popular, but sort of the pinnacle of like respecting of the creators. I think. And yes, I have a lot of. I don't want to call them political beliefs, but really fucking opinionated beliefs sure. about, about fan culture and about fan fiction and transformative works. Totally. Actually, my bag over there is for my membership from the Transformative Works organization. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm told. I'm really into it. Uh, <laughs> if, if someone's listening to this and they're not really familiar with fan fiction, maybe we can demystify a few sure. things. Yeah. Like, the first thing that comes to mind is always, like, you, like, <laughs> horny nerds. Like the I first, mean, yeah, though. Yeah, which is great, but it like it gets denigrated a little bit. and Absolutely, which, which is, is one of the reasons why I keep it to myself or to people who know what I'm talking about. Um, I Obviously, there are a ton of examples in so-called legitimate fiction of what fan fiction is. Like, mm-hmm. the biggest one everyone pointed out is Dante's Inferno. It's like, you know, he... <laughs> and then there's Shakespeare... Who is like writing real people fic yeah. about the royalty? Yeah, and there's all of this stuff that people don't think of it as fan fiction because it's like, well, somebody got paid to do it, well, and they were a writer. That's why I mentioned like the the Fifty Shades of Grey and Outlander phenomenon. Like, I yeah. found out that Outlander was Doctor Who fan fiction. Yeah, but that I never knew. I just read the books because like my mom and my grandma recommended them to me, and I was like, this is full of so much fucking mom and grandma. Like, excuse me, <laughs> hey, moms and grandmas love fucking. Yeah, yeah. and like swarthy Scottish men in kilts. So before mm. time travel, anyway, right. and it's just one of those things that more women are into it, and so therefore yeah. much so, easier to delegitimize. Oh yeah. yeah! Before I get into that rant, fan, fan fiction. <laughs> <Okay>. What <laughs> is it? Uh, <laughs> uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's just any way that you take the stories that you love and write about them in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much it's exactly the characters that you saw on screen or read in a book, or if you only take their names and completely change everything, and it's like slug alternate universe. Everybody's a slug, and they're facing a gardener. But it's... <laughs> I've read some really strange movies lately. <laughs> That's, I always thought that that was the neatest thing that I've read about fan fiction, is where you like not just write about the characters and the situations that you're used to seeing them in, but put yeah. them in a totally alternate universe and how would they react? 
Yeah. So it's pretty creative. The one I hear about the muscles. most is the coffee shop AU. Oh where my god! Like, you can do that with yes. any piece of sort of art, existing yeah. art, and just like put them all. The Avengers, they all work in Absolutely. a fucking coffee shop now. So I think for that situation, like, so that's one genre of fan fiction, and the way that it operates, if you want to put it that way, is that what you've established is that those relationships between those characters are so strong and so well-written and so well-formed that they can survive in literally any environment you put them in. Even the most, like, mundane of day-to-day exactly. tasks. Exactly. They, they maintain their interest because everybody knows that Tony Stark and Bruce Banner are meant to be, right? So... <laughs> they put uh, their, touch their science dicks together. Yes, yes. <laughs> or coffee dicks or whatever coffee they got dicks. going on. Coffee they're, science dicks. Yes, yeah. they're expert roasters, right? Of yeah. course. Or, yeah, Bruce Banner would pull the best 28 second shot yeah and then he had an accident with a roaster and he turns into a coffee every once in a while when he gets really <laughs> Ooh, I'm so angry oh he's a venti americano now and Tony Stark puts his penis into it his biscotti his biscotti quote unquote biscotti see we're just creating we're chopping and screwing it all here it's all good see, there and are no bad ideas. There are no bad ideas, and that's just it. You just commit. Just fucking commit 100%, and you will Go have whole a story. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Your passion is... My passion is making me sweat. <laughs> it's very warm in here. Okay. Yeah. Please, take off layers. Yeah. <laughs> this is my no, fan fiction. I have to confess to the podcast listeners at home that I got a new sweater. Fanfic. I got a new sweater and I was like, I don't care how hot it gets, I'm going to tough it out because my new sweater has leaked all over my pants because it's like decided to dye them all dark brown. So oh, I was okay. going to tough it out. but That's fine. No one can see and they only know because you told them. It's an audio medium. <laughs> sure, and it's too you. dark in here to even notice. Exactly. So uh, you're all good. This is if you want to do some Sea Hags podcast fanfic. Yes. <laughs> so that everyone just Remember to not wear a sweater. Through the table. To the side. Oh, I do have a few more layers I could lose. Ooh, yeah, this gets indecent. Yeah, no, it's all good. I already took my pants off. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I'm wearing a dress so you can't tell. Yeah. This is like weird strip poker. Yeah. <laughs> my friend from Scotland listened to one of our first episodes. I think it was the first one that we did where it was just you and I, and we were talking about like, it's so hot in here, we might have to do podcast naked. And he just sent me a. Like a message that was just like, naked podcasting. I just got to that part. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I don't even remember doing that now because that was like October. Yeah. <laughs> so long ago. Oh, oh, we were back. so young. So sweaty. Back then. <laughs> it was a whole different life ago. Yeah. Well, kind of. Oops, sorry. Uh, we didn't do our regular, like, let's check in and see how this week went. Because we, we already we, like, oh. jumped right into it. We had a, uh, a bit of a, like, a confab before we even got here. We went to What's Up Hot Dog. Which is the best podcast-themed restaurant ever. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Inspired by the good folks at Comedy Bang Bang. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast? No, I have no idea what it was It's also a television week. program. Yes. But mm. uh, What's Up Hot Dog used to be the catchphrase of that podcast oh, until Scott no Ackerman idea. gave it to Weird Al to make it his catchphrase. <laughs> so now Weird Al owns it, but that they also have a restaurant. Is... <laughs> it's like this whole twisted... Sold off the catchphrase. This whole twisted, uh, like, layers upon layers of inside <clears throat> jokes and stuff. But the, uh, the restaurant has a hot saucerman, which is, like, another name for the host, and oh. all the different, like, pun hot dog things. Anyway, it's down the street, and it's fucking delicious, and they have a happy hour, and so we decided to meet there because we really wanted hot dogs. And so we already chatted about things that we probably shouldn't have on the podcast, like talking about your children. Yeah. It has, like, your <laughs> my, child... My family. Your children. <laughs> yeah, my children. and, like, 
you know, we're both, like, all of us, all three of us are feeling particularly salty this week oh, because yeah. the world is a shit bag of a place. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. garbage. It's uh, the beginning of July 2016 and uh, lots do, and lots... Do some research. Yeah. It's a yeah. bad time to be around. Yeah. 2016 is not pulling through. No. It's a bullshit It's year. been really bad. And so we're just feeling like we had to do some venting beforehand. So that's why it's like, how was your week? Well, we already did that. Yeah. But so basically <laughs> it's been salty. Shitty. Shitty. We're very tired. We've spared you. And the, yeah. le- the less we so, say about it, the better, probably. Yeah. And now we're a couple drinks in and just sort of uh, enjoying ourselves yeah, again. Yeah, let's, so. let's blow off some steam and talk about some things that bring us joy and, and creative oh, expression. Maybe well, Chris and I will start talking about how much we want to fuck vampires <laughs> for two seconds. No, we won't. What? What? <laughs> Is that the last podcast? No, um, that's just like four or five different podcasts. It's just every podcast. This sparkle. Um, I realized no, that was you no. and I met through writing. We did. Yes, that's Rachel right. and I met... 13 years ago at this point? 12 or 13? Oh my god, really? You've known her longer than 2002. me? No, it was around the same time. Okay, it was 2002. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a battle in the background. When was 2002? That's almost 14 years ago. Yeah. Holy oh. crap. Oh. <clears throat> so I need to update a... my metric for like when I met these people in first year. Like that's right? everybody that's been on this podcast. So, so if far I remember as... correctly, it was a 48 hour writing contest yes. where we had a bunch of people who entered and we were given a prompt on Friday night and by Sunday night at midnight you had to submit something uh-huh. which I went and read back, back on those once and I was so embarrassed I oh, was like no. oh my lord and we each had to vote on like first second and third that we enjoyed and I remember reading yours and enjoying them so much I was like let's go for cheesecake and so we met randomly yeah. somewhere and went and had it cheesecake. was at that place in Kitsilano <clears throat> That is now, it's an Earl's, it's on 4th Avenue, and the place next door to it was, like, a dusty, like, full of, like, old lamps and weird furniture. Yeah. And, yeah, we met there and had, like, a cheesecake and a tea or something like that. It was totally random and and lovely, and I've got this wonderful friendship out of it. Yeah. It's so nice. That's so lovely. Oh, the internet. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember when I met you. I, I it was a long time ago. I think we've only met like maybe once before. A couple times. Okay. Well, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Once was at a party here. Sure. And That'll happen. time I think was when. Oh, you know what? I think I think I actually <laughs> did meet you like. How long, you you and Ben have been together for a long time, yeah? Yeah. I think I yes. might have actually met you at a Dreadnought show oh, at one point. Which so, is why yeah, I don't Rachel's, remember it very well. Rachel's, Rachel's husband was a penny whistle player in the Dreadnoughts, which Katie was then in. Yeah, not at the same bass. time, but yeah. we were both in the same band, so. Yeah, and Nick was my roommate for a year, too, so I think you That's probably how, then, because Nick is still one of my very best friends, Aww, so. Yeah. He's a philosophy professor now, right? Mm, he doesn't have his PhD just yet. He doesn't? No, he's at Brown. Oh, his lovely lady oh. wife is at Harvard. They're both <laughs> finishing up their PhD. Oh, oh I thought he finished his... I know. Very swanky. Very fancy. Yeah, so Ben met Nick in Ottawa when they were in a punk band together. So he was in a band with him for... Was he in Siobhan? He was in Siobhan. Oh my goodness, yeah. I'm just learning so much today. So mm-hmm. he was the Mando and Penny Whistle player. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have some hilariously wonderful pictures from that. <laughs> I've definitely heard stories. Um, do you, you know James then? Yeah. yeah. James came and stayed at my house and I thought it was going to be a nightmare because he and I used to have creep box all the time. We were just nice. like kind of trying to see who the creepiest one of the two of us was. And then, what? <laughs> and then he came and stayed at my house and it was super nice and he made us uh, chicken parmesan and lemon tarts. He's lovely. He's yeah. such a nice little creep as well. He was the bass player, right? I don't know. I think he just farted a lot and that was like his contribution. <laughs> <laughs> bass notes. Right? Yeah, bass notes. 
tones. I'm going to make him listen to this one. And there's, like, all these other connections, too, where just friends of friends, like, my very good friend Mark had been as a math teacher. As a math teacher, yeah. You know, and so, like, all these different friend groups intertwining. Our friend Caitlin Fontana and you knew each other through, like, writing. That's great. And oh, I love her. Yeah. All that kind of and stuff. And through so. residence, maybe? Yeah, probably. Oh, oh improv. Tiny improv. Fucking world. Right. Oh, yeah. And then that's we, her life now. Yeah, I know, I know, it's Hi, amazing. Hi, Caitlin, if you're listening. Hi, Caitlin. Um, but then all the improv people, like, that are now, like, the famous Sunday service folks, like Taz yeah. Van Rassel and yeah. all of those guys were all in improv with you. And no, I slightly missed those Oh, you were a bit a older. Bit. Yeah. I think either I was older or it was a separate group. Because right. they were doing the improv down on Granville Island, and I just did the UBC club. Okay, so. they were in UBC for a bit, and then... Because I just remember, like, partying with all those guys, and now they're, like, super big, awesome, it's like... funny, hey? Comedy people in town, <clears throat> and I love them. I think they're so funny. And I'm still like, hey, Ryan Beal, and he's just like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah, like, I never... Why should you? <laughs> he showed up on iZombie as an extra. <gasps> yes. And I okay, was like... he's a sketch artist yeah, on iZombie. How clever is that? Funny. Yeah. 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 And he was also in... The X Files. He was in like the lizard suit. He's in the yeah. episode with um, Reese Darby. Buddy, Reese, our sweet Reese Darby yeah. from uh, from Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Love him. Anyway, so I have to, we got off track yeah. here. We we love everybody in Vancouver comedy scene. <laughs> no, and every time I get homesick now, I like go watch like Vancouver shot sci-fi to be like, mm-hmm. oh, home, you know. <laughs> Because I have now been out of Vancouver for eight years, which wow. kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I miss it. Is um is your <clears throat> is your lovely husband an American, or...? No, we're both Canadian. He got a professorship down there at oh, the okay. university, so cool we moved down Go through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a, like it's like a prayer that's offered after every like interaction you have with somebody. It's like that'll be two ninety five. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Go ducks. You know. <laughs> I went to visit you guys in, in Eugene, which is a college town in in Oregon, and was really like I just <clears throat> wandered around the campus one day. I was like, this is idyllic. This looks like it's out of every, like, American movie set of, like, university. Does, and, like, right? everyone's in their football sweaters. I'm just going to run by on a panty raid yeah, at any moment. Yeah, basically. Like, I really felt like, yeah. you know, and you go to every little bar around each thing, and everybody's in, like, team colors. Part of like... that, too, is because Animal House was literally shot there. Oh, shit. Oh, that <laughs> explains so much. I like so, that you were waiting on that. Like, ooh, can't wait to drop this Your concept of what American yes. college has been well, is, like, exactly completely it. formed by that. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. No, it's a little town to live in because there's like everybody's really into fitness so it's like as soon as the temperature goes up and clothes come off and people are jogging down <laughs> in their bras and shorts like, and hey, stuff nice, and you're like good job, time guys. to go for a ride on the bike path it's lovely <laughs> It's very pretty town. How far is Eugene from Portland? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> two hours. Uh, it's two hours south. Oh, nice. Uh, depending how fast you drive. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely. Mm. Very fast. Hour and a half there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. But yeah, so I don't know. Where do we go from there? That's just sort of how that we met. Just, and it's nice to, yeah. nice to catch up after. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. I was going to come. I usually come and visit you every Canadian Thanksgiving, regardless of where you it's are in true. the world, which has been a nice trend. You are the only person who has visited me in every place I've lived. Yeah. So they lived in Montreal and in Sweden and then Berkeley. San Fran- yeah, Berkeley. Twice. Oh, yeah. So you nice. made it both times. Yeah. Wow. So it's been awesome. So and, then, and true. And then last year I really wanted to go. I don't like to break the chain. And then I fucking was going to go down with my band because now they also have a trend of going down to Portland every Thanksgiving. For the house concert. So yeah. it seemed like such a great <coughs> confluence of things. And I did it one year and it was lovely. And then our band played a gig with your band, Rachel, like in, in Eugene or like just outside at a brew pub. Mm-hmm. And then this year... 
was getting ready to go, and then a week before, I checked my passport, and it had expired two months before. That was heartbreaking. Huh. Yeah. So now I have a 10-year passport. Me too. And I'm nice. ready to fucking traverse the borders I'm going to book my turkey. <laughs> We have it uh, because in Eugene, of course, you always have your farm that you work with to uh, get your free range animals. How thing. I do it. Of course <laughs> right? you have to do Of course that. you do. So we have an arrangement with a farm who slaughters a turkey early for us for Canadian Thanksgiving. Like, sorry, <laughs> Cliff, you drew the short straw. <laughs> The you don't get to live till oh, November. This farm is amazing. Not only do they give you the turkeys, but they give you a pamphlet that tells you one how to cook it, and two the life story of your turkey with baby pictures. No. <laughs> uh, yes, of how your turkey grew up and oh, its life and the boy. good times well, it had. Have a name. Uh, trigger warning for vegetarians. Did it have a name? <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, they have names. Did they tell you the name? <laughs> I cannot remember if they tell you the name, but the baby, the life story is like all emphasizing what a good time they had. Till they got their head chopped off. I'm not a vegetarian. I honestly, I think that's probably the absolute best way to consume meat that you can, but it's also creepy. It Mm -hmm. is totally sick. It's like, there's a joke that I've been trying to, in in line with writing, there's a joke I've been trying to write since I started doing comedy and it's the front page of my first comedy notebook and I've never been able to turn it into a joke. Oh. Because it's, I I was at a... um, I was at like a, a hardware store and I found this whole thing of, cause I had s- silverfish in my apartment mm, and I needed mm. to put like a uh, diasematous earth everywhere. And, uh, I was just kind of looking at everything else that was available there and they had this rat trap or mouse trap called the nooski. And what happens is the, the rat or the mouse like climbs up into the trap and sticks its head in to get the bait. And then it snaps like this little <clears> silicone <throat> O-ring over its neck and then it suffocates basically. But it's so clinical. It's like an execution. The noose key? Su- yeah, it's, like, it's such a cute little name, right? Know, and I'm just like, like it's so unsettling. It sounds and like the idea a of, like, Soviet torture That you're device. just like, st- right? It sounds like you're just straight <laughs> up like, all right, mouse, you've been, sorry, it's your time to go. It's your execution day. It's like so, there's no passion in it. You know, it's not like, it's not like the mouse no, trap. No, there's nothing dramatic about it. It's, it's just like, this very quiet, mm, good night. Yeah, it's very... <laughs> Eastern European. Yeah. <laughs> That's better than the alternative when I worked in SROs, what we had to do with mice, which maybe I shouldn't get into. Glue traps we just and had bash the, them? Just the glue traps, and then they would either, you wouldn't notice that they were stuck on the glue trap, and they would just die. <laughs> yeah. Over days, like, oh, terribly oh of God. exposure, or you would have to stomp them or something. Oh and I boy. remember the first time that I caught one on there and it, its little foot got off of the glue trap. Oh. I was able to, and then I just flushed it. <laughs> it was still alive. It was really oh, bad. No. I remember the first time that I saw a mouse get caught in a trap. We had... I, we had mice, and I guess I was 12, and I was home alone. Because you grew up in a rural area in <laughs> British Columbia as well, same as me, like yeah, Sunshine Coast area. an island of a thousand people. Like, yeah. And my dad worked shift work, so I was home alone. It was one of the first nights I was allowed to stay home alone, and I heard the trap go, and I ran over there, and the mouse was like had just been caught, so it was still kicking, mm-hmm. and I wanted to free it. And I know now, of course, it would have still died. But at the time, I was like, I want to free it, but I don't want to get bitten. So I ran through the house trying to find something I could try pry the trap open with. I came back with the broom and it had died and I sat there for the rest of the night like grieving over the body of this oh. dead mouse because I was like, if I'd only been faster, you wouldn't have died. Oh. <laughs> it was, I, the tenderness of a child. Oh yeah. God. So I think I fell asleep that night next to the body of a mouse and my dad comes home from work and is like, what the fuck happened? We've gone to such a dark place. <laughs> I kind of love it right now. I've just been so pissed off and sad this week that I just just like, all right, let's dig down into the <laughs> darkness. 
and <laughs> sleeping next well, to a mouse carcass is yeah. about as dark as well. Yeah. When you're a my, teenager, you have so many strong feelings. It's true. And, and uh, my son actually asked me when we were driving, because we've been driving, driving, driving for two weeks. So it was an eight-hour drive in the car. He's like, Mommy, have you ever held a bird? I was like, yeah, I held a bird. There was this time the crow broke a wing, and, and I gave it to a crazy bird lady, and it died. Oh, there was a time with a pigeon. Oh, but I fed it bread and it died. Oh, wait, there was the time with a hummingbird. Ah, uh, I gotta stop talking. And my I husband, killed all the birds I touched. <laughs> my husband later, he's like, you have this string of stories of life disappointing and disillusioning your childhood in the most horrible ways. It's like this endless stream. How are you not a much sadder person? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, so. It's, you get that resilience where you're just like, well, life is shit, carry on. Yeah, put you on your, up in the bush, life is horrible. Put on your fucking gumboots and yeah. just go. I wonder if somebody, like, just to, like, kind of bring it back to the theme at hand here, is that, like, being able to sort of rewrite how things are going, isn't that, like, the ultimate <clears throat> power of, it's like, a young woman is, oh, like, totally. being able to go, like, I don't like how things are going, let me write this in a way that, like, suits me a little Absolutely. better. Because I know that that's a really big influence <laughs> in me, uh, to Absolutely. me, and why I, like, went towards fandom culture. So when we started, so this TV show, uh, Forever, that I got into. With what, with Yo and Griffith. Uh, it was cancelled after a year. Ooh. There were tears shed. I was very sad. Um, oh but, God, I bet. But for the one year that it was on, it attracted, um, I have to say, the nicest group of people I've ever met in mm. a fandom. Like, really positive people. And there were a lot of people who'd, like, cycled back from, like, 90s fandoms because it was, like, had this real, like, moral of the story. I'm the mouthpiece for social justice. Yeah, like, that yeah. 90s sensitive man feel. And then it also attracted a lot of really young fans who'd never been in fandom before and we had this opportunity as mentors to talk about what fandom is for and what fan fiction is for <clears throat> and um we're all familiar with ship wars um uh, and i'm not oh no really okay clarify <laughs> uh, I, so, I know. so of course there's always pairings that people really enjoy for romantic purposes right or so when people say that it's their otp that's their one true their pairing one true that pairing. they think is the best one the one they think is the best one and so people will write romantic stories about them and then someone else will have another pairing that they really love and these may be canon ones that you see in the show or they may be ones that people just mm -hmm. think they should be together ship wars are when those various factions get together and decide to be total bitches to each other. Well, why? Because how come there can't sadness, be nuance? Yeah. Right? How come there can't be? That's kind and of just how I feel about the world in general. How come yeah, we can't just have more nuance and lots of things poly. can be true at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had this opportunity to talk about it and. I was like this really loud, loud voice because I was like, I don't want. There it is. There it is. I'm looking oh, it up because we'll link to the show and I'm gonna watch it probably. Oh my god! Yes, oh, you oh, should watch Jed it. Jed Hirsch is in it. Who's that? Yes, Jed Hirsch is, is in Jed it. Hirsch? Yeah, from That's Taxi. Is an older guy. Okay. Uh, it's just the I, only other name I recognize. I don't know. Stuff. I think I had a point. It was. Sorry. Uh, oh, you were a loud voice oh, for we had wars. We had an opportunity because there is a pairing in the show that it's clear it's like an end game for these two to get together. Right. Um, and a lot of people were quite happy to throw everything else under the bus and be like, that's weird that you would ship that. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> you get to step in as a bit of a yeah. voice of reason. and Well, not a voice of reason, but we got a chance to have a talk early on because um, 
not everybody thinks about fandom and fan fiction in an academic way or as ha- how it relates to social issues. And okay. I was like, okay, let's let's uh, pull the outside off this baby and look at the bones, right? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> fan fiction is here because what you see on TV doesn't always represent who you are and what you want and what you see inside you. So if somebody wants to believe that this character is trans, mm-hmm. that's fine. Oh, yeah. There is nothing in the show that directly contradicts that as something they believe. Mm-hmm. So if that person wants to write that and then write about them coming out at work, fuck you if you don't like it. You know, yeah. that that is not your place to say that that's not okay. Because how is that any different than the story you wrote about them kissing when they've never kissed on the show? It's like... Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just as... I believe that's yeah. called a headcanon. Headcanon. <laughs> and so we got a chance to talk about it and really protect the people who went in and were like writing pairings that didn't make any sense, quote unquote, to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and really protect that and make it a positive space. And that's I think so nice. that's one of the few times that it's been a small enough group of people to really say like, no, anything goes here. This is a really positive show mm-hmm. with positive characters and happy people. We're going to make the fandom the same. And so it was oh, nice. Oh, that's so nice. It I was just, really nice. I looked at the show description. I'm like, I'm going to watch the absolute shit out of this show. It's so <laughs> like, sweet. It's so like, it's got it an is? immortality basis to <laughs> nice, it. Nice, and here's yeah. the thing is that the na- it's called Forever. And there's yeah. this other, because it's set in New York. And I was like, oh, is it based on this book that I've read like four times? It's oh, like, yes. there's this book called Forever. Yeah. And it's about this guy. His name is Cormac. And he, uh, I can't remember the name of the author right now, but he like is born <laughs> in Ireland in 1740 or something like so that. So the, the creator says no, but like. The, so you've heard of this. Similar, yeah, there's also another one called... Oh, anyway, he comes to the States, and he's not allowed to... He can, he lives yeah. forever as long as he never leaves the island of Manhattan. Oh, really? And then, of course, oh, he, like... Cool. It's like, the, he, like, knows the whole time that he's, like, destined to fall in love with, like, a, a dark-skinned woman, which I don't know, like, why that's, like, a big thing, but he, like, of course, falls <laughs> in love with this woman, and there's, like, this big thing about September 11th, and it's, like, this... Oh, my goodness. It's a goodness. fucking amazing book, honestly. Oh, like, cool. I don't even know if it's good, but I love it, and I'm gonna let you read it. <laughs> yeah, you thank you. It. Yeah, sure. Oh, I'm gonna read it now. Yeah, Before I'll, I was I'll just find like, out no, it's not named after that. He said it wasn't. It's not, but it is, like, some... <laughs> okay, that's but the best voice I've ever I love that. I'm going to find the name And then for added confusion, Yoan Griffith, his show got canceled, and then he a movie was released that he'd done called Forever. Forever. And it was oh. just this gong show. Um, but it's really sweet. It's really sweet. And it inspired me a lot, and it hit me at a time when... I don't know if you ever feel like you have a, a space, and you're just waiting for something to fill it. It's like, mm. you know something's going to come along. And it was this time when I had a gap between activities and I was just not feeling great and I had a lot of time. So I sat down on the couch and I'm like, I'm going to watch this show. I'm going to look at the fandom for the show. There is no fandom for the show. Shit, it's going to get canceled. Fuck, let's generate content. And so I started <laughs> writing it in this total fucking mercenary, like, I'm just going to write fan fiction because people read fan fiction and then they like the show. And So uh, you're trying to get the show saved by yeah, through that? Oh, yeah, wow. it was like, I, I don't know why. I got really into this. I was like, and then it became a mission. I was like, I'm just going to generate stuff. Because, like, have you ever gone to a feed on AO3 and seen 20 stories like that's sad it's heartbreaking i, I really um is <coughs> something that, is that that's archive of her own um yeah. <laughs> i'm just okay. i'm gonna be the uh cabbage head for all of us <laughs> right now and be like please explain yeah. these terms so okay the book that i'm thinking of it's called forever and i lo- tried to look it up and it just gave me like all of judy bloom's oh no <laughs> book which i've also read and i also kind of liked even though it's a bit of guy who names his penis mm. ralph 
Um, Excuse me. <laughs> oh, I know the what you're about, talking like, about. The, God bless Judy Bloom for giving us books where people like get their period and have sex and that stuff, was, like, was, or are uh, fat. Um, about a cat or something. No, no, no. Forever is about a, about like a seventeen year old girl who has sex for the first time with like her long term boyfriend. And yeah. It's like, and then they break up in the end, and it's okay. Like, it's just this That's beautiful so story nice. from 1975 Aww. where it's, like, they decide to have sex, they do it <clears> safely, <throat> and then still they break up anyway, and it's all alright. Like, it's this beautiful, like, really, I love Judy Bloom. That's Judy really Bloom, if touching. you're listening, which you aren't, I love you. Um, <laughs> anyway, the book Forever is by Pete Hamill. Oh, okay. um, and I will link to it on, it's good reads or yeah. Amazon or something mm-hmm. when we when we post this, because yeah. it is, like, I, it's one of those... I don't necessarily rewatch movies that often, but I'm a huge re-reader of books, as we've established mm. a few times on this on the show. Is that like I forget just enough detail on something that's textual <laughs> that by the time I get back to it, it's like rediscovering it, and then the memories kind of unlock, and it's yeah. like, oh, I know this, and it just feels good. It evokes nice. the, the good. I'm the same way because my memory is so bad. Like someone could tell me the same story ten times, and I will laugh every time. Because oh, you're I'm, the kind of person I did in my life. I then. am the best audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's how I got started writing again. Because because mm-hmm. I'd taken a long gap. I'd written, like, one or two hornblower stories. Uh, but they're hard, because you have to learn about boats. And <laughs> you gotta know what a jib is. <laughs> yeah, really, I spent a lot of time with Wikipedia and with little plastic boats from my son on the living room table, being, like, with arrows of, like, if the wind is going this way, and they're tacking that oh way, because I, I just... Uh, you want to get it right. Wanted, I wanted to get it right, but probably what I did is just enough that if you don't know what you're talking about, it looks really good, and if you do you're like you're a fucking knob (laughs) you have never seen a ship in your life Um, i got a tattoo of a boat i've only ever really been on a few so oh yeah and and yeah i know a lot of sea shanties oh hey you played it you played in a band that frequented the wooden boat festival down on it's true oh oh i got to go on a boat oh i got to go on a ship it was amazing oh i forgot to tell you i went on a ship and i went with my friend who's writing this alternate universe sherlock story where they're on oh, a God. ship going to Rio and we went with together and we just like screamed a lot and they set off a cannon and it was amazing oh anyways and I was on there and they were like Sherlock and wants to fuck John no it was amazing <laughs> just Sherlock John oh 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 I got really excited oh God, I want to tell so five bummed. stories at your once your enthusiasm is so contagious uh, right now it's all better than I have all week no I'm, I'm, so, I'm so excited I'm trying to tell five stories at once okay. would, you, would you like a, some paper and a pen I might need to write it down uh, let's, uh, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Katie nearly did the spit <laughs> I covered it up. Okay. Didn't want to spit on the microphone <laughs> of your laptop. Okay, oh, and, and then, uh, uh, uh. God bless you, Rachel. <laughs> this is the most fun I've had in a oh, while. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Okay, I'm going to go back to what I was talking about with the Forever fandom. Okay. Which was that it was really fun to see it build from the ground up because mm-hmm. I've always been the person who's like arrived at the party when everybody's dead. <laughs> And you come in, and he's like, nobody's been going here for five years. Just that gift of Donald Glover yeah. with all the pizzas and the fire <laughs> yes, everywhere. exactly, exactly. <laughs> From like, Game over, and you strolled in, like, five years late to be like, I watched the whole show in a weekend, and I haven't showered in a couple days, and I'm just going to read fan fiction until my eyeballs fall out, and, and there's nobody here. That's fine. It's fine. Um, but this one, I got to see it from the start. Ding. And uh, it was really cool because it's jazz. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you count a random number between when you're just just for the home listener. We don't usually record on Friday nights when we're getting a bit silly. (laughs) We've got a big old bottle Um, of wine. I think that people will hopefully get a giggle out of this. (laughs) 
Yeah. Probably. So one of the mercenary ways that I was like, I'm going to generate more fan fiction for me to read was a, a, someone offhandedly. I wrote a story about one of the characters, like, this traumatic thing happens and his friends are all like, we're going to get you drunk. That's going to solve everything. Uh, and it's New Year's Eve. Uh-huh. And so that all happens and someone's like, ha ha, we should write one about like Seven Drunken Nights. You know, there's a song called Seven Drunken Nights. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. There's going to be seven authors, and we're all going to write a story for every day of the week. And so oh. we did it over Christmas, and uh, it was called Henry Morgan's Seven Drunken Nights, and that started a fic-a-thon, which meant that every six or eight weeks we would have a theme, and everybody would submit stories on it. Oh, and that's celebrate the such stories. a delight. So I'm on to my 10th or 11th now, and I have a partner now who's working with me who's doing it, and the one that's running right now. <laughs> Oh, it's the smut fickathon. So it's all <laughs> dirty stories. So it's all the, all the stuff that didn't make it into it's your uh, novel. All the fucking. Yeah. <laughs> all the stuff I care about. Yeah. It's all the fucking. Yeah, no, it's fun. So that's that one. Check that off the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the boat! You want to hear about the boat? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> A thousand times okay. yes. So I'm going to tell you about my friend Holmesian Pose, who is the first... Is that their username? That's their username. Holmesian Pose? Holmesian Pose. Oh my um, god. Her AO3 a name. nerd. I know. She's <laughs> lovely. She's, she's, she's like the embodiment. She and I are going to have to have a fight because I'm a huge elementary fan and I don't like Sherlock oh. at all. So we're going to have to battle on a rooftop. Oh, or just, all the love. We can just all hug each other. No, say, right? just, how about just kiss? No. Just kiss each other. Just kiss. Now kiss. <laughs> yeah. Holmesy and Pose, if you're listening, she's really cute. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so she... Tell us about the boat. No, I, ha- I have to start oh, with her. Sorry. She is the int- integral part okay. to the boat. <laughs> uh, so I have... Oh, no, I have to back up and tell you about someone else first. <laughs> This is like when I you swear, get writers. In I swear one room. this relates to fan fiction. It's the most embarrassing story I have, so I will tell Fuck it to you. Oh, bless. Yes. Go for when it. When I was in Sweden, it was dark all the time. Awesome. <laughs> there were six hours of daylight, and I had fuck all to do because I had a three year old. And I, so he would go to bed, and I'd be like, well, let's look at the internet. So I was really into Doctor Who fan fiction at the time. Sure. And I read this lovely story, and I thought it was beautiful. And I looked up the author, and it turned out she went to the University of Oregon where Ben had just got a job and we were going to be going to live. And so I was like, oh, tell me all about it. And I messaged her to be like, what's Eugene like? And she said, it's great, it's great. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. I'll never talk to this person again, whatever, no big deal. (laughs) And then, I shit you not, the day after... I arrive in town, I'm on the bus, and she walks past me on the bus. What? And you, had not, and you she, knew what she looked like, I guess. She, yeah, I knew what she looked like. She sat next to me, and I was with my kid, and he had jet lag, and I was sweaty and nasty and gross and not in a great mood myself, and I was like, I'm not going to say hi, because what? how weird is that? Hey, I talked to you on Tumblr, and I read all your I saw you on the internet. And I was like, and then she gets off the bus, and I was like, that's okay, I'll never see her again. And then a week later, I ran into her almost physically coming out of a coffee shop. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And this is just getting weird now, because now I've seen her twice and said nothing. And I was like, no big deal, I will never see her again. 
Never and say that to it's yourself. It's a pretty small town. And then <laughs> my kid goes to preschool, and I meet another mom who's really awesome, and we start hanging out, and she's really awesome, and her husband is a professor at the university, also named Ben, and it's really great. She's going to have a 4th of July picnic, and she's going to invite her grad student, uh, Ben's grad student, who like is really awesome and actually is a really big nerd, and she's got a Tumblr, and she writes fan fiction, actually, and you would probably really get along with her, and yeah. it's this girl! <laughs> and I was like... She's, oh, she's She's your friend's, your friend's husband's grad student. Yes. Wow. And so. In what in what topic? Uh, creative. Uh, no, so comparative literature. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, and she studies comic books. She's oh, very, yeah. <laughs> she's she's pretty. All right, Holmesy and Post. We probably don't have to fight. <laughs> no, no, no. So this is bookish Andy. <laughs> this oh, okay, is never totally mind. Somebody, somebody else. else. So um, You're I still unnoticed, Holmesy. I find out about this two <laughs> months before the picnic. So for two months, I'm terrified because I'm like, I have to. I have to act like normal, which is not going to happen, or I have to tell her everything, which is going to be embarrassing. So before she arrives at the party, I solve my problem with a lot of liquor. So, <laughs> oh my god! And then I very loudly admit to her this entire story oh. loudly to the entire party. I think. May I admit <laughs> this to you, ma'am? <laughs> and she is halfway between like horrified and sort of flattered, and also like embarrassed for me. And she's Aww. totally lovely, and she's turned out to be a really good friend. Her and her husband are great. And she says, you have to meet this girl named Holmesy and Pose, who is really lovely. You guys will get along. And we met for about five minutes at a bar. And then she's like, I'm writing this alternate universe Sherlock fan fiction where Sherlock is a young gay aristocrat being sent away from England because he's irritating his family and embarrassing them. And John is a sh is a sailor who's been pressed into service. And Ooh, he's I got goosebumps, actually. It's <laughs> and they're sailing and they're going to engage in some rum, sodomy, and the lash. <laughs> that is precisely, and they are doing it to the utmost, let me tell you. Oh, great. So she's 130,000 words into this epic. Oh, my that gosh. Is, yeah. You at a bit novel. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And By the terms so, of NaNoWriMo. So, and, and, she, and, and my friend Holmes the Impose was like, you know what we should do? We should go on a nautical road trip. So the first time that she and I hung out with any, oh uh, anyone else, I picked her up at 8 a.m. with like burritos and coffee and we drove. Uh, to another town. To so the we shore. spent 12 hours together Holy screaming God. at the top of our lungs about fan fiction. <laughs> oh she God. told me the entire plot of her story. That's right, over Fathoms Deep listeners, I know the entire story because it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big it's deal. It's kind of a big oh, deal. Oh, shit. Oh, no. I'm Is this like a fandom big deal? Fandom big deal. She's got like her own fandom. People make fan art for her stories. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. No, she's so she cool. is lovely and she has like fans from around the world who are reading her story. And uh, oh. we started talking and doing these nautical road trips to like teach ourselves about boats because we knew fuck all boats. You gotta know about boats. <laughs> so we'd like read stories and like read research books and talk about how rigging worked and stuff. So we've done three of them. And the third one was you bought tickets and they take you on a harbor cruise on like a replica like of an 18th ship? century tall ship, except uh. a small one. And they um, they had the like the battle cruise where they take two of them out and they very slowly sail past and they fire off this like cannon that's three feet long and it goes pow <laughs> 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 and it's adorable. Oh my god! And the crew like part of it. My my friend and I were like we want to go because they're gonna sing sea shanties and the person who 
saying the sea shanties had just quit the day before. And my friend very helpfully is like, she sings sea shanties. So did you have to sing on this cruise? So I was standing on the, like, the bow of did the boat. Did they give you some grog at No, least. they offered me a job. Oh, no. <laughs> That's lovely. So that was my hornblower fan fiction That's research. That's incredible. <laughs> That's so I lovely. I covered all what's, the points on sea shanty my list. would you sing to them? The only ones I know are Stan Rogers songs. Um, I sing... Or The Great Final Line, Barrett's, which is not one of those. Oh, I love that song. It's a great song. Um, Nick used to... Tr- Nick was... Uh, before I quit... Before I, well, was fired from the band... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I quit. It was it was done in such a way that made it look like I quit, which is really nice. Like it, it, it saved me Isn't like the tiniest beautiful? bit of dignity. See, that's so uh, but I was fired. Um, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, we should get you singing that song." And I was like, "Well, now I still really want to sing it sometimes." Yeah, it's a well, beautiful shit. Nothing like the present. Mm-hmm. Well, not right this time. Oh but. damn. Okay, <laughs> it was worth a try. I think do, I still remember the harmony line. It's a gorgeous song. Don't mind the rain and the rolling sea. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> we could do it. Uh, so we did oh uh, one of the Stan Rogers... Uh, Bears Privateers. Bears Privateers. That's the one you gotta do. Northwest Passage is uh, a good one. South Australia? Uh, in South Australia, I was born. Heave away, away hollow away. It's South Australia on Cape Horn. We're back for South Australia. Australia. Yeah, I do know it. <laughs> I, guess I, was in, I guess I was in a Celtic punk band long enough. Did to... you know that we wrote our own sea shanty? Did I send you Have that you link? heard this? We had a oh for this yeah oh my god uh, it's wrote, gotta be ba- she wrote it was I'll it's called the one I wrote it's called there. white knuckling the dodger and it was based on an episode that we episode recorded episode four with our friend Carmen and it is one of my favorite things that I've ever heard and I love it so much and I'm really glad that I had to help write it only just a tiny bit <laughs> like but I still god. love it so much and you did such a good job we'll repost the link for this <laughs> oh, episode I have to just look. to I have uh, to look. I wrote I wrote one sea shanty with Ben when we were stuck in a ferry wait line, so it's the BC Ferry Shanty, and it's horrible. Oh, no, that sounds so good. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, that sounds so good. <laughs> the only lines I can remember right now are, the family dog is sad as heck, heave, boys, load, boys, for he must remain on the vehicle deck. <laughs> <laughs> So we can listen to it and B record it so the fake BC Fairies Twitter can yes! follow. Oh my god, they would love it. That's yeah. one of the few Twitter accounts that I still follow from BC is the BC Fairies <laughs> fake account. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, oh good. That and the fake staff can. Yeah. Like, turn, well, like fake staff can is wonderful. 80% of can- Canadian men are named Gord. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fact. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so while we were talking. <laughs> Because my relationship with fan fiction is something that I, I adored as a teenager. Like, as an mm. intense, emotional teenager, it was something that was totally. a perfect, perfect outlet for me. And I was obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, very predictably, nice. in, my, in my junior high school and high school years. So it came out in 1997 when I was 12. And it finished in 2003 when I was 18. Which is so, like prime time for yeah, right? You, you, right? Age, you aged <clears throat> up with the show. I too, absolutely, as it absolutely did. Themes. And it grew. And it I grew was very, very well. obsessive about my fandom uh, and I loved it. And um, I have not written that much fan fiction given how much of a righty person that I am. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because I think I'm aware of the sort of cultural lack of appreciation for it or the idea mm. that it's a silly thing that women do like yeah. oh the silly women are at it again they're doing frivolous Absolutely. things yum 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 yes 
But I'm realizing now that it's like we wouldn't have like a Star Trek fandom if it wasn't for women. Like they are the ones who created. Oh yeah, like, they were they were the pioneers, and not in a in a like small way. Like no, these people in a were mailing way. stuff to each other that they could have been completely completely ostracized from their communities for what they were exchanging. Like mm-hmm. the idea of who's like, writing they were Kirk writing slash fic in like seventy four. Like, Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, and women yeah. would just, like, they'd have the, like, these spiral-bound books yeah. that they would, like, trade with each other or, like, oh, mail to each other, which yeah. is so invested and so involved, that and it's so easy to put stuff out now. Yeah. And it's weird to me that I don't put out more, and I think I have, like, that sort of sense of self-censorship, which is unfortunate because I actually started <laughs> writing a fan fiction for the show uh, Miss Fisher's Murder Mystery. It's just become my job to harass you about it until you finish it. Okay, because I started writing. I started writing one that was about. It was about. It was about. See, because I don't have that many straight chips, but I love Franny and Jack. I've been told that the books, like he's not even a a player for her. Like they're just platonic friends. But you know what? That is such an amazing thing when you finally have a platonic ship and you realize. Because, oh, shit, they wrote a good female character. That's why I have a hetero ship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I usually, I like to make it as as sapphic or lesbianic as possible. Um, Just, you know, just to to change it up a little bit. This is my new goal. I'm trying to to deprioritize men as much as possible in my life, but I just love them. (laughs) I hate that I love men at all. Like, they're so annoying. No, I'm sorry. It's complicated. (laughs) That's a lot of pop-ups. <laughs> anyway, so I wrote, uh, I wrote like the first third of a of a very short fanfic I'm trying to write about um, about Franny Fisher and yeah. her sweet her sweet uh, detective inspector Jack Robinson. I That's just, so sweet. I do love them. But I also really want to write some very <coughs> lewd ones about her and Mac the Doctor, who oh, is like yeah, the hottest yeah. oh, lesbian character She's I've amazing. ever seen ever. They She's probably. Amazing. I feel like they're. I'm sure they had like, sex. Yeah, they hooked up when they were younger, and now they've developed but, into like good friends that are Franny, just really hanging Franny's out, looking really at you pointedly. <laughs> She's really Franny's a very straight lady, which is, and I think it's like to her chagrin. Yeah. yeah, I think she's like, I would if I could, Mac. Yeah, I would if I could. See, mm-hmm. I I identify with that. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I, I don't like the fact that I like men at all. I wish I didn't like them really? at all. I really do. I I, I am very bi, but I uh, I yeah. I am frustrated with liking men because I know a lot of men. It's quite funny. I mean, I, I spent my whole life with people being like very surprised I'm not a lesbian. So like for me, I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I got the straight stuff. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, I got it's, it's, I, it's not like a set out to be super straight. No, but no, it no. totally happened. No, but I do. I have another friend who is, she literally makes her, I was going to say fortune, and I'm like, that's a bit of an overstatement. Um, she is, she's a fan creator, and that's her career. That's her yeah. job. That's what she does. She's an artist. She's a visual yeah. artist. And she does fan art creations, and she's really into, like, male male ships. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Which is really common in fandom. And her too. partner <laughs> is bi, and so like he's really supportive of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But she's like the straightest, so she's yeah. just like, "Come on, dicks! There's gonna be a dick here and a dick <laughs> here, and I'm gonna touch the dicks." And and that's one be... of the reasons that fan fiction is really not respected is because it's like the female gaze. This is about what a lot of straight women are writing, mm-hmm. and it's about what they see, and they're writing these relationships that to them when, seem and totally. And queer women too, right? Because nobody cares too, what they right? want. No, other and, than other queer women, and it's uh, it's one of these things again. It's like, well, I see a well-rounded character. I see another well-rounded mm-hmm. character. They clearly have a meaningful relationship. It just happens to be that the only well-rounded characters ever written are men, mm-hmm. and this is something that I see moving. Uh, forward in fandom now, which I really deeply appreciate, is like, okay, guys, 
let's huddle, you know, like (laughs) huddle here. Uh, We have been taking canon and changing it. What if we took the female characters that suck and made them suck less? Oh, right. So, so this revolutionary thought is happening, and I see female characters being treated with more respect now. I'm super into it. That's that's why I'm so invested in the show Elementary, even though it's like, isn't it amazing? When when it came out, I was like, because because when it came out, I was still. I think they started producing it just after the first season of Sherlock had come mm-hmm. out. And that was, and I was, was still big, really into Sherlock. There was like, a yeah. big conflict. I was still American versus the British. Well, and that's and... the thing is Johnny Lee Miller and, um, Brinky Dog Cucumber Patch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Benedict Cumberbatch were yeah. both in that Frankenstein, Frankenstein show together yeah. where they were in alternate roles, and so it's kind of like really appropriate almost it that was. they were both cast in there sort was of also essentially the same like role. a lot of sour grapes from mm-hmm. uh, Moffat and Gatiss. Well, I, Gattis. Gattis. I think it's Gattis. Yeah, um, I'm not a Stephen Moffat fan. I am emphatically not a Stephen Moffat Me fan. Neither. I would I could do a whole <clears> podcast <throat> on how much I don't like the stuff or what he does. Yes, let's not open that horrible door. Because Chris will be like, "What the fuck are y'all talking?" about? I know that he writes terrible lady character. He has not very, good. very yeah. problematic issues with yeah. writing women. I think he's a bit a bit of a Whedon in some ways where he's like, I really want to make strong char- female characters, but I also like, I'm just like, I've never examined my relationship with the patriarchy. No, but he's just so much worse too because oh, yeah. he's like, I'm going to throw in jokes to show y'all how cool I am with ladies. And it's like, it's just fucking horrible misogynistic bullshit every single time. Whole episode but about it. Whole what I was going to say is that they put on this whole thing about, oh, it's gimmicky because they're going to have a Lady Watson. And she's amazing. And she's amazing. She's treated as an equal and a partner and not just an in-game And she directs episodes of the show. Like, she's so involved in it. And the fact that their relationship is so... Intensively like collaborative and affectionate, mm. but boundaryful. Like yeah, so boundary. Like it was so many boundaries to watch that demonstrated on a TV show because I have no boundaries. Yeah, I'm like just please use me because yeah. I have no value whatsoever. Well, the she's fact like, that she starts out as a sober companion. Well, that's yeah. just it. Right? So she starts yeah. out with those like really strict boundaries. I'm here as mm-hmm. an employee, mm-hmm. and then our relationship's going to develop. Like me being in like uh, in the social work kind of caring mm-hmm. professions. Like that's a it was huge. Absolutely. Yeah, it was huge to see that. She's just yeah. so good. I just love her. And the, the the chemistry between them is not sexual, but it's very intensive. And so it's something really interesting thing. to see, I so think. So I went looking for elementary fan fiction because I like mainlined four seasons of it over the holidays when I had some time. And I, I was like, let's go, well. let's go have a look at the fan fiction. And the fan fiction is pretty thin on the ground. And I've been thinking about this a lot, how wow. some fandoms really generate a lot of fan fiction and some don't. Yeah. And ultimately, I think it comes down to, are you seeing on screen the stories you want to be told, that need to be told with these characters? Oh my God, and so, so I think insightful. with, uh, I know, with right? elementary, you are. You're seeing the best story that needs to be told with it's these exactly characters. It's exactly what I want to be seeing, so I don't need yeah, to alter it You don't in need way. to go in and fix it. You don't need to go in and fill in the gaps. So why is there any fan fiction there? I'm and doing it's a full-on Shawshank post. <laughs> I'm letting the cleansing rains wash away my sins. <laughs> Do you feel so validated right now? I feel now? so validated right now. <laughs> and see, I feel very validated as a community developer <laughs> to bring you guys together. It way. was meant to be. 
Like, I knew we'd met before, but I didn't know we had this much in common. See, that's just it. I was silent. I was silent on it all. Yeah, no, this, um, uh, for me, as a, like, a fangirl, and as someone, like, oh, so, so I'll tell you my fandom history. Oh, God, uh, yeah, we didn't so even get into any of that. when I was 11, I believe I told you about the dad working shift work and me babysitting myself here. Yeah. Um, my dad was like, what'll fix it is internet. I hear they have this internet, so I got a I computer. Hear that on, I hear they have that on computers <laughs> now. <laughs> and we were, like, one of the first people in my tiny-ass town to well, get... You lived on a, Sorry, I missed... You said you lived on an island? One of the Gulf Islands. Which one? <clears throat> Texada. You lived on Texada? Yeah. They have amazing weed. Yes, they do. Texada they're time, the time warp. The time warp. Yes, the, uh, the golf course You grew having... up on Texada? Yeah, I know, That's right? That's crazy. Yeah, it it's such a small island. It is. One of the few. It's hard to there. even get a ferry there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hence all of our BC Ferries humor, I guess. Yeah, I always exactly. think, cause I always think of Pender as being like the most remote island I go to oh, on any kind of no. basis. Like, Pender, you're like, Pender's a metropolis. Yeah, Pender's got connections. No. <laughs> no, my dad was a blaster in the mine up there, so he went there in 1965, and I was born in 1980, and yeah, there were were six people in my grade that the same six people through the whole, whole way wow. and then it ended at grade 10 and I took the ferry for high school do you have to go to Salt Spring for that to Powell Powell River. River. Powell River so I took the ferry back and forth every day um, which is when I started uh, reading and writing fan fiction because my dad worked shift work at the mine and I was like, let's go on the internet. And I really was into Star Trek The Next Generation at the time. So much. So yeah. much. And I was like, tell me all about Star Trek. Did we just become best friends? And I know your Deanna Troy thing. Well, I got I love Deanna Troy, but I'm a big Jed Zia Dax person. Like, I'm a GS- <gasps> DS9 person. Did we just oh, pop the mic? Oh, oh, I just got chill. I'm such a DS9 person. Oh, we're hugging. hugging. We're hugging. I, also, I have tears. I also like Chatsy and Dad. You only get a you only get a pat. <laughs> I don't love her as much as you guys do. I, I cosplay Chatsy and Dad. Oh, oh, okay. Oh my god, so that's funny. This is like the best day of my life right okay, now. Okay, um, so <laughs> exactly what we needed. And I was really into the X Files as well. And so so X Files was my fan fiction entry. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I got into it and I hit all the GeoCities rings by mm-hmm. accident. And mm-hmm. I got into all this. I would go to my mom's on the weekends and I I ran her printer out of ink, printing <laughs> off fan fiction to take home with me to read. <laughs> and I still have a binder with some of the fanfic I printed out. It's on like awesome. your dot matrix printer with the like, uh, holes yeah. on the sides. And it, yeah, and it's it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> ben found it when we were moving, and, and he's like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Uh, that's don't look at that. That's an X Files Star Wars crossover that I printed out in 1993, and I really can't like." Oh my go god, on. did Scully and Deanna have sex with each other because Star they should? Star Wars. Oh, oh, I don't listen no, to no, that. No, 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 no. I don't no. care about uh, that. Um, and the Star Trek stuff. That was one of the first fan fictions I started writing. It's like where the Enterprise goes back in time and saves the rainforest with an eleven. Girl. Was it you? <laughs> no, it was Michelle. <laughs> Her name was Michelle. She was totally was an original Rachel? character. Rachel. <laughs> was it I don't Rachel know what you're Sue? talking. Oh, we gotta totally talk about Mary Sue's. Oh okay. my god, you gotta hear my rant on Mary Sue's because okay. I got oh opinions. Oh my god, this is the best time. I, it may not be that great to listen to, but I am um, uh, super into doing okay. it. Don't how about don't worry about that. People how about I? I'm not worried about all eight fascinating. people fascinating. <laughs> Hey Meredith, do you like this? That's my one friend that I know that really likes the podcast. Hey Meredith, shout out. (laughs) 
Hi, Meredith. <laughs> I'm glad you like this <laughs> because you are apparently a giving intolerant person. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, what were we talking about? Oh, that was my intro to fan fiction. So mm-hmm. I, I got online really, really early and young and formative, and I was reading X-Files and Highlander and uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. And I was like, I really like Highlander. I'm going to go looking for it. Whoa, there's a lot of dicks touching. <laughs> <laughs> there can be only one dick. <laughs> <laughs> the swords of justice um so uh that was also my sex ed apparently yeah. <laughs> it was all was all of the x-files and highlander um so for me despite having grown up in a town of a thousand rednecks uh <laughs> with super conservative parents for me uh experimental fan fiction was my normalized social expectation for relationships. And so... Oh, God. Right? Amazing. Right? Yes. So, so we're definitely really... going to have sex in a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> With whoever happens to I've be done present. it. But no, I mean, I think about this, Fuck and I was yeah. like, how did this work? I grew up in the most unlikely environment that I could uh, that I could picture this being normal for me and yet it was because my literary influx was the books I had around and then science fiction that snuck in progressive messages and then fan fiction that took it the rest of the way and was like everybody's gay uh, <laughs> uh, and it is really nice the community that I uh, associated with because I wasn't really into participating. I was like very much a silent lurker and I sure. took it all in yeah. was, um, especially at that time in those fandoms, older fans who were very vocal about, about things. Although at that time, I don't know if you remember slash warnings, warning slash boys are kissing. It was like really a big deal. And there I was do. some, there yeah. was like, there was like three <laughs> Xander spike slash fix that I could find. Cause I was, I was like, what are the most improbable pairings from Buffy right. the Vampire Slayer that I can yeah. find? And that was one that like, right. it, it really started taking off after a while because it's like yeah. useless tit and uh, <laughs> sexy vampire. Just use them. Use yeah. them, Spike. Just use them Absolutely. up. I'd be into that. Just throw Oh, out. Google it. Come on, let's go. No. Oh, no. What? Oh, really? <laughs> but we're having fun. Okay, I was going to say, because DS, we were talking. I'm sorry. I'm good. We're talking I DS9. There's you. a picture of me uh, with General Gowron and uh, Chan- uh, Chancellor Gowron and General Martok. Well, I have my trill spots on. <gasps> <laughs> You see how tightly Robert O'Reilly is holding me? You're a fucking awesome trill! Thank you. Oh my god! It's a really good look for me. Yeah. Oh my god! I'll show you a better picture of of me. I kind of feel like you should have the trill spots tattooed on you too. I am honestly tempted, but it's my face. (laughs) Wow. I'll try henna. She's really good. I do a really good trill. Um, This is me and my sweetie. Um... In our uniforms. Oh my goodness. And, uh... I am taken aback. Just taken aback, and this is, uh... This is uh, the spots going down the old titties. Yeah, right? Did they go all the way down? uh, As far down as I could make them go, pretty much. (laughs) My goodness, that's a lot of How far down did they go? All the way. (laughs) That's what I was was very excited about. You're just waiting for me to say that? Well, because she said that. Yes. Did they go all the way down? Yeah, they do. Okay. They do. So I actually have not ever written Star Trek fan fiction, which I should really get on. 
Um, I love it. I wrote one recently because Ooh. I was doing crossovers for the Forever fandom because I wrote it and I wrote. Because if he can live forever, then why not live So he eventually joins Starfleet because what else did he do? So his his whole conceit of this immortality is that when he dies, he's reborn in the nearest water, and so he he's like looking for the cause of his immortality. And I was like, well, what happens if he leaves the planet? Which water is he reborn in? And he's like got this paranoia of like he's going to leave the planet. He's going to be reborn in like a comet with ice. Like, what the fuck? He's going to be there until he, like, goes into a sun. Then he's going to die, and then what happens? So he's got this terror of leaving the planet. And, but he's done everything. He figures no big deal, but it's this thing. Of, like, he's got a, die, What so. a cool, like, yeah. existential so crisis. Like, oh, yeah, so he's, home. like, decides that he's going to leave the planet. One of the training is the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So Of he, course. So it destroys. Everyone knows this. So he's got to go through this, like, fear of... It's just a replicated death, and he should know that, but it's such a deep, ingrained fear. It's like, how does he face this? And it turns to be the one thing that... Yeah. See, see, so this is this is it. This is fan fiction right here. It's like, not necessarily what story are you telling, but what part of humanity are you exploring? So for me, this is much more interesting, is that you're going into what the character means and what is the key to their soul. You know, like, what are you trying to figure out about this person, and how do you figure out the story that needs to be told? To explore that part oh, of the story. I love it. I Yay! love it. This is really making me think of like something that I like because I've just had two glasses of wine and I'm just like very emphatic. I want to hit Slam the table. Um, and say, like, okay, first of all, first of all, <laughs> y'all fucking better listen up. Because <laughs> um, I'm just like thinking I'm about little... like pe- people who think this shit is nerdy or pathetic or whatever. It's like, hey, have you ever done fantasy football or fantasy hockey? Mm. Fuck you, that's fan fiction. That's um, a variety thereof. Of so, fanfic. I've, I've been trying to figure this out because I'm one of the reasons that I kept this very much at quiet is because being in a small town, I was, you know, the, I was very much at odds personality-wise with most of the people I grew up with, with my family. Mm-hmm. My dad would never understand this and, in fact, does not know and has never known that I've written creatively this much. Neither has my mom. Neither has any of my family or any of my friends mm-hmm. up until recently that I've started meeting people who read, write The fact fiction. that my parents listen to this podcast... <laughs> terrifies me. They're going to be able to find so much shit that I've done online. Uh, so, uh, oh, totally lost the th- oh. uh, differences Point. in growing Point. up. And oh, keeping it secret. Uh, and keeping it secret was that I very much listened to people's attitudes about this. And right. so that reinforced, like, oh, no, you don't talk about this. And then again, it's like, well, this is a hobby, and I don't verbalize it. So I had eventually written fan fiction and participated online in fandom for 15 years. Wow. And never verbalized it. So I had no language to talk about my fandom activities, despite it all being something I had done with a great deal of my time. Wow. So, Keeping and then I so realized, hidden. and then I realized when I started meeting friends, I was like, I really want to talk to you about this, but I have no way to make the words come out of my mouth. And now that I have started having friends that I actually do it with actively, it's much easier because I can. I've started to, like, put together the neurons that are like, these are the things you do silently, and these are the things you talk about, and figured it out. Um, and it's weird how sh- how there is a sense of shame around it. Absolutely, absolutely. And listening to some of my friends now that I have, uh, in my bands even, who have gone on rants about, like, these people who write fan fiction. And, You're like, hey, guys. And, and I listen, I'm like, ah. Don't know what to tell you there, and they're like, it's just such a waste of space, and it's like oh. not real writing. Wow, and fuck it's like, right off. Yeah, yeah no, the it's, internet is infinite, you fuckers. Yeah. Like, it's, it's lazy. 
it's um, uncreative. It's just what you do if you can't get really off my write. stage. Like I'll it take my sounds, stage it time. sounds like a joke, right? Ugh, it sounds yeah. like a joke, and these are creative people that I respect. That's these are people shame. who write music hey, that I don't think be is an elitist fuckwad about the stuff that you like to make versus the stuff other people like to make. And hot tip: <clears throat> so many people when they write. Mm-hmm. Their original characters are based on their own life experience. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's your... Or based on stuff that they've, yourself, like, forgotten like, that they've whatever. gotten from other places. Yeah. Which is totally, like, these are all legitimate. Like, wherever your source comes from or your inspiration comes from is amazing. What does it yeah. spark yeah. for you to make so it make something? Someone will like it. Yeah. What I find uh, especially disheartening about this, even for people who are like, oh, they're just too lazy to write their original stories. Um, so I heard that, Tell that to literally... Tell written over a thousand words. Like, so I literally heard that comment. Out of, the wor- out of the mouth of a man who plays guitar and writes his own folk music who learned to play by playing Woody Guthrie songs. Mm-hmm. Like, this literally the right? same thing. Right? <laughs> I was exactly like, exactly the same. Put thing. it together, my friend. Even mm-hmm. if your end game is original fiction, you learned by playing somebody else's music. Yeah, that's how you, you know? stretch your muscles. Just don't be a prick about other people's, like, enjoyments. Yeah. Um, hot tip. Again, uh, hot tip. One of the other ways that I have heard people talk about fan fiction as something that's revolutionary is that, um, what was it? It was a quote that I saw on Tumblr and I really wish I could figure it out where it came from was that... Into the mic. Ah, oh, sorry. I'm getting like all dramatic over here. It's okay. Really up. Uh, was <laughs> that uh, fan fiction is our way of coping when all of your fairy tales are trademarked. <laughs> yeah. And it's like when oh, all face. of your stories that are face that, you're <laughs> that just sunk in real right. Deep. I it's got like some more when all of your folk tales are owned by other people and the stories are defined and they have been set down as gospel. How else do you deal? Mm-hmm. You know, the kids go and play Barbies and they do their stories about the TV shows that they watched. And I watch my son play with his friends and they do it instinctively. This is what imaginative play is with yeah. kids. They take these characters and they build stories with them. I remember them. pretending to be a gargoyle. Exactly. Or right? whatever. And my like, son, he was like writing a, a story of, that was um, uh, the diary of a creeper from Minecraft. And he was writing down the creeper's tales, right? And he like... And he wrote it down, and I saw him look at it. My child who doesn't like baby. to write, and he's like showing it to me, and I was like, "Mommy is so proud right now." <laughs> Mommy's little baby, I love you so much. But on a positive, like, if you want to look at this from a like an academic, worthwhile note, if you really need to put it in there, mm-hmm. he went through and corrected all his grammar and his spelling and his capitalization and his punctuation because he wanted his story to be perfect. Right? So he cared so much about this. And I was like, that is exactly what this is. You're practicing your communication, your language, your ability to share stories. And as humans, that's what it's all fucking about is sharing your stories. And not everyone just, like, you don't have to generate a brand new original seed. Like, everything is influenced by everything else. And that's Mm -hmm. how you work through stuff. And that's what Mm -hmm. I was trying to get get at when I was saying, um, you know, that fantasy, you know, fantasy football, fantasy hockey, Mm -hmm. fantasy sports in general, like, that is its own variety of fan Mm -hmm. fiction. It's like its own playfulness. Absolutely. Um, but I'm we also like looking at nice. Yeah. We're also looking at like like creative history. If you look at the if you look at the fucking Renaissance, mm. it was all Bible <clears throat> fanfic. Like Absolutely. you're talking about how Dante's Inferno is like the the most important cultural fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Super true. He's a Bible <laughs> fan. Yeah. Like yeah. he's a he's a Jesus fan. Yeah. Like and that's how that that's how that functions. And like you look at the Sistine Chapel, it's an interpretation of biblical mm-hmm. stories influenced by. by Michelangelo's super gayness. Mm-hmm. Like, how he's like, uh, what are women? 
dudes with oranges on their chest, basically. <laughs> like, that's what I'm into, so let's stick that up in there. Yeah. And uh, and God's going to do this thing, and that's yeah. what I want to see. Like, and I'm going to, like, put an insult to the Pope in here. Yeah. You know, it's not different. Yeah. No, it or really like isn't. Neoclassicalism, where it's like, oh, we really liked all those old Greek statues, let's make new ones, but of people that we know now in that yeah. style. It's like, it's yeah, that's exactly a, the that's same. That's a time travel AU, you fuckers. It really it's is. exactly <laughs> the same. There is yeah. zero difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just it's just about who decides to put the um the claim and the value on things. Yeah. Like so there's there is some sort of like power that decides and, it's, and, I'm, um. <laughs> and I'm really sad to say that it is very much driven along like gender lines. Oh, it's yeah. that as soon as women take control of these stories and decide to tell them in their way, suddenly it's not legitimate fiction. It's Ugh. just fan fiction mm-hmm. and it's just boring and it's Ugh. just unoriginal and it's really sad. And it does bother me in some way with the Fifty Shades of Grey phenomenon yeah. because like... In some ways, she is an excellent model for what it can be, but in other ways, she is the worst person who could have possibly been the face of fandom. It's like when you get, like, Margaret Thatcher and everyone's like, a female politician. Yeah, and you're so like, do you no, know? not that one. No, no, no. So Exactly, right? And that's the really sad thing. But the way that she became successful was so cutthroat. Mm-hmm. She re- so do you know the story of how she got her story to fame? Are we talking about E.L. James? Right? E.L. Yeah. James. <clears throat> yeah, so I know that it's basically... Based on uh, Twilight. It is based on Twilight, and she put a campaign together very much to like build support for the story, mm-hmm. and then a, and and like social media campaigns to have it supported. Oh yeah, fill her up. Um, <coughs> and uh, Wayne. And as soon as she had said, "Oh yeah, we're Lord. going to be like making this like we're gonna fi- file the serial numbers off," is what you call it when you've written a fan fiction and then you like turn it into legitimate fiction by like changing all the names. It's called filing the serial filing numbers. off the serial. I'm writing this down. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! So that's and what I'm she sure did. That happens all so the time, it, and we just don't know as much except for these. Well, like, Outlander, profile. right? Well, yeah, that's, it that's, happens that's sometimes. Happened. There's one that happened with uh, Horatio Hornblower fan fiction as well. Of red sales, I think. Mm. Anyways, uh, black sales. Red sales. Okay. No, uh, Black sales is a good show because yeah. it's so rapey and violent. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what happened is that she built up all this support in the fandom Twilight community and is like, one of your own is going to make it big. And then as soon as she did, she like, viciously cut off contact with anyone who'd supported her, denied mm. that it had been there at all, that she did this all herself. She like really oh, fucking torched the bridges. With her bajillions so of she dollars. not only like you know, stood on the backs of a lot of people to make it happen, but really fucked them over when she left and then Shitty. tried to deny any connection with the fanfiction community whatsoever, Fast? despite the fact... This isn't about Edward Opera. Yeah. And then on top Flash of that, it's like her it's like her rape fantasies like mm-hmm. brought to life, which, fine, in fandom, there are ways to label the triggering subject, yeah. you know, yeah. which is another thing that I want to talk about, why fanfiction is so good versus okay. so-called legitimate fiction. We're going fiction. to take a break and go buy more wine and oh air my the God, yes. soon because your notes are, like, extensive at this oh point. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love it. No, not at all. Don't ever apologize. Um, okay, let's finish this one, which was not about tags. Oh, um, in fandom, there are ways to tag and warn for the not only the subject but the subliminal messages that come across in your stories. Okay. So for hers, there's like all this problematic stuff about consent. 
mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. I don't think she's even half aware of what she wrote. They did sign a contract. Fuck off. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? So, but however, they make no effort to look at that and examine it when you make a movie or a book, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just presented as this awesome story that we're supposed to take at face value. We're not even supposed to, like, question it. And when it's published and it becomes a right. bestseller, it suddenly has all this legitimacy. Right. So this is a true thing or right? whatever. Yeah. It's legitimate. It's a story that should be told that we're all supposed to value and respect. Um, if I read that as fan fiction, I would look at it and be like, okay, that's somebody's problematic rape fantasy. Whatever. We're going for it. Let's look at it. But Quick. I wouldn't take it as something that I'm supposed to see as the baseline for societal sexual relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? But. Oh, yeah. But everybody looks at that movie and is like, fucking fan fiction, these these bitches don't know what they're talking about, it's horrible, that and gets it's to, That ends up being the representative and the sort exactly. of, like, archetype of what fan fiction is exactly. understood in mainstream society. Yeah. Exactly. And it's really just somebody who knows how to exploit, like, the capitalist system. Yeah, exactly. how to file off the serial numbers, as, mm-hmm. you, as you said. So she is one... Rocky L. James! <laughs> And, and not in the crazy way she wants. And it makes me sad because that happens to be the face of what has been given to us. As it's very unfortunate. It's like a, a like a clueless woman in her early fifties. Oh, wearing but, a tunic. But then we're gonna talk about Naomi Novik, who is like a much more positive. Sweet. Well, great. We're got get some notes. Okay, take let's a break now? let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back. Hurry up. But it's fine. It's yeah. late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sea Hags podcast. We've got wet wine spritzers. <laughs> I, I taught a young man at the liquor store about spritzers just Aww. now, where I was getting a big uh, club soda and a big wine and a big ice, and he's like, "Are you gonna mix those?" Is that Captain Pompadour? <laughs> Does it taste good? No, it wasn't oh. the like the liquor store man. <laughs> it was just like a patron of the. It liquor was store. just was the liquor store, store boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, excellent high five. There are no boys at this liquor store. They're all very nice, very nice fellas. <laughs> L- liquor ladies. boys to liquor men. <laughs> They've all dropped their stones already. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about the status of their balls? <laughs> yes. Okay, fair enough. But this this <laughs> young man, it looked like he was just starting to grow a mustache, but obviously he must have been at least ideable. 19 in Canada. Right? And uh, uh, yes. he was like, are you going to mix all those? And I'm like, yeah, white wine spritzer. He's like, oh, I've heard of those. And I was saying before, it's like I told, I was like, oh, it's like a country club white lady drink. <laughs> and he laughed in the liquor store, like, Gal laughed a lot. And then he was like, well, does it taste good? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. It just is like watered down wine with a fizz. And he's like, well, that sounds okay. It's like you're making your own cider. And I was like, no, honey, no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> no, we water it down so we can drink more of it. Exactly. Yeah. I was and like, hydrate while we drink. I was like, it's very refreshing. And we're in a recording studio being incredibly hot and sweaty. He's like, oh, cool. So. Do, isn't it so great when we talk about this stuff, like, like we're actually doing things that, like, hundreds and thousands of people are listening to? <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to go do a, we're going to record our podcast in our recording studio, and people who don't know better are like, oh my god, you must be very important. Yeah. Oh, yes. Or like, yeah, to ourselves. We're totally important right We're soups yeah. imports. So if you like our podcast, please uh, rate us on iTunes and put it... <laughs> no, seriously, please rate us on iTunes. Actually, we could use, like, someone saying something on iTunes. <laughs> We have, not we have our one friend Andy, so shout Dad, out to Andy. Dad, fucking back still, me up here. If you're still listening, Andy, he, he rated our trailer as five stars. It was a ten Aww. second clip, which is very sweet, but uh, we would love some more five star reviews and just post a comment about like, these bitches are drunk. 
<laughs> Five stars. I'm probably going to have to send this to all my fandom Please friends. Please do. Now. This is going to be a riot. And I, I hope I haven't, like, offended them by what I've said I don't know. So far. We've already referenced, like, a bunch of other episodes, too, so go back in the archives. They're it's all true. Free. I will. Vanessa? So, Vanessa tells me she listens to them while she cleans her house. She's never told me that she listens to our podcast. Yes, well, it's true. I think people are happen. being a little subtle about it, actually, yeah. which I kind of enjoy. Yeah. Silently stalking you. That's why I was, like, shouting out to Meredith so hard, because mm-hmm. I love, A, I love Meredith. She's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been real supportive of our comedy, or my comedy and our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her mom used to drive <clears throat> me to high school. Aww. So thanks, Meredith's mom. <laughs> and also Meredith. Can I, so we were talking about our formative fan fiction things. Yeah. Can yeah. I tell about the one that really got me? Please. Which I never wrote any fan fiction. I was also very much a lurker and always on any like online mm. message board thing. Like it took me a long time to get involved in anything. I would just read everything. Mm. I would make sort of a username and pop up every once in a while. Like maybe, maybe I was like mysterious. Yeah, you come like and go. Yeah. Pops up once in a while. But uh, X Files fan fiction was my gateway. And but of course. But of course. <laughs> and my favorite one that I still remember was called The Sweet Smell of Excess. Oh. You guys remember this one? Now, yeah. this was a Mulder and Scully uh, did a case. And they discovered this pheromone spray that they accidentally spilled. It's sex pollen! Basically. That's a device. Yeah, they accidentally spilled it on both of them. And then anywhere they went, everyone else that they ran into fucked the shit out of them, basically. Nice! And they first fucked each other in the elevator. Then Mulder went to, like, an interview with Skinner. And then they had sex. And there was a point where, like, everyone was having sex with everyone. And then suddenly Mulder's in a room with the cigarette-smoking man. <gasps> And the cigarette smoking man starts breathing heavily <laughs> and starts whatever. Is that Isn't that? And then Mulder throws up on him and runs away. So that was nice, like the only one. But nice. everyone else in every other combination had sex. Yeah. That was one of the first fanfics I ever read. And I was like, goodness gracious. <laughs> and so... Where does one acquire the sex pollen? <laughs> yes, well, then when you wonder about my search terms on pornography, you can start narrowing it down. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, something <laughs> that, that someone told me X-Files is that, one. like, all of the fandom, like, uh, <laughs> fan fiction tropes, like the sex pollen ones, it's like, yeah. you could trace them all back to Star Trek, the original series, really? like, everything. Because sex every... Pompar, right? Oh, well, and then, and then the season, season one, episode two of TNG with the, uh, like, yeah. uh, the naked now. Okay, um, alternate universe where everybody's evil. That's mirror Star universe, Trek, yeah, right? yeah, the mirror fuck universe. yeah, mirror, um, mirror Kira, fucking like from DS9, evil Willow, bam, bam, watching the evil vampire Willow right? from yeah, oh. where you get to have like, oh, I'm mean, I think I'm kind of gay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, girl, <laughs> yeah, because when you become the opposite of yourself, maybe you realize more about your true self mm. or something. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, so, so, so a lot of the tropes are like seriously. Oh my god, that show. They really come from that's very interesting. TOS, as it were. Yeah. And also the Star Trek fandom in general, like, formed the core of what fandom was, and mm-hmm. they grew out of that. Really Never say that nerds can't accomplish That's where the term Slash came from? Yeah. Fair Kirk enough. Slash Spock. Yeah. yeah. So I found, while we were talking at the very beginning of the episode, up at the top, uh, I did some serious Googling to try to find the fanfiction that I knew I wrote, I wrote in grade 10. And I found them. Oh, good lord. I found three of them, and um, there are two that are shorter, and I think I'm, I'm going to cho- choose the shortest one to read because I know it's going to be the dumbest one. But I will just read the titles to all of you. Uh, I had uh, The Life and Times of William the Bloody. I feel like uh, you should let Christine read it. I have a, read it a, so a story called Transition Part One. Ooh. Uh, 
and then Excellent View. And I think I'm going to read Excellent View. But I, I'm, re- I'm reading now that I've got, like, a lot of comments on these. And they're oh, all really? like, write a sequel. <laughs> oh, maybe it's time to... Get, Good like, story, write Just more. jump back in it 16 years later. The uh, I, think, I think you're calling... Is clear. Would you like me to dramatic read, or would you no, like no, to no, dramatic no, read? No, 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 I need to have control over this so I can stop it if <laughs> See, it goes too far. See, that's why I wanted you not to have control over uh, it. Trust me, I have far less shame than you think I do. Oh, great. Okay, um, good. So yeah. this is this is my Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan fiction. That I, it's a humorous one, and it's 388 words long, so it won't take us very long. Uh, <laughs> it was published March 18th, the year 2000, so I would have been freshly 15. The year 2000. In the year 2000. The world, the world didn't end, and so we decided that let's all just fuck each other. <laughs> Basically. And so, like, I was really invested in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as we've established. And um, I am 31 now, and so this is more than half of my life ago that I wrote this. You sound this, so tired when you I was 15 that. years old when I wrote it, and it's been 16 years since I wrote it. So more time has elapsed in the writing of this since the moment I was born and the time that I wrote this. Which is insane to me. So this is called... This, this story is called Excellent View. Uh, and it's about Spike's butt. <laughs> and I wrote, author, Katie N. And in, in parentheses it says, big, big freak. Title, excellent view. Rating, PG slash PG-13. Depends on where you're from, I said. Description, a car full of drunken vampires. I don't believe there's any more to say. Short, silly fic. Oh. Disclaimer, nothing belongs to me. Duh. It's all Josses in the networks. Da dee da. Spoilers. Nope. Oh my god. I'm having fandom flashbacks. I did not pre-read this, for the record. It's like that time I read on Aaron's episode when I read a poem that I found online that I did. I did not pre-read it. I'm just gonna read it cold, and if I... Oh, it's gonna be bad. Let's do it. Alright, let's do this. I cannot wait. Where have they all gone, Oz? Why must we be the only ones that never leave town? It's summer, for Christ's sakes. Why am I not basking in the sun, Buffy whined. They were sitting in the cemetery late one muggy July night. Maybe it's because the creatures of the night don't often dwell in the tropical sunshine. Hell, if you went on vacation, the town would be overrun with baddies by the time you reach the city limits. As for me, well, I have no explanation. God, are we pathetic. Buffy looked at Oz with great awe for a moment and then spoke, Oz... I think you said more in those 15 seconds than you did all of this year. <laughs> he was very quiet. Well, I may be all quiet and shy around you, but I talk up a storm to my teddies at home. <laughs> Buffy started to giggle, but Oz turned beet red. That wasn't a joke, Buffy said, still bubbling and bubbling with laughter. Oz looked sheepish. I hate myself, said Katie. <laughs> There's a lot you don't know about me, he said, now laughing too. You, you're drunk, Buffy managed to get out. I hate myself. Oh, this is awful. This is so good. I hate this so much. They both very abruptly stopped laughing and just looked at each other. Oh, if only something would interrupt this awkward silence, Buffy wished out loud. (laughs) Then they heard the unmistakable bass line of a sex pistol song grow steadily louder as a packed Jeep Wrangler snaking back and forth over the road drew nearer. It was filled with a bunch of drunken singing vampires. <laughs> I hate myself. It slowed down as it passed the cemetery, and a familiar blonde vamp stuck his head out. I hate this. Keep going. You can't leave us there. No, no, no. It's, it's the last paragraph. I can do this. I'm powerful. I'm strong. Hey, Schler, he said with a very drunk grin on his face. Schley this. 
Spike turned around and whipped down his knickers, displaying a full moon for the wide-eyed Buffy and her werewolf friend. The truck continued to drive past. They were obviously no longer dwelling on Oz's revelation. Yes, that will do nicely. Knickers! The end. <laughs> full moon in front of Yay! the werewolf. <laughs> Thank you. Because, of course, a dude wears knickers. <laughs> That's the kind of underwear that men wear, usually. I have to say, full moon in front of a werewolf, what happens? That's exactly, inspired. right? Did Oz turn gay? <laughs> yeah, Oz turned super gay. That's how it went. Oh gay my god. I'd be more embarrassed if I wasn't like a baby when I wrote that. But That's really cute. <sighs> That's truly adorable. I, as I got towards, I was like, this didn't start well and it ended even worse. Oh no, it's I adorable. It. I have read much more embarrassing things I, Well, than that. <laughs> yeah, and considering that I was 15 when I wrote it, like, and just 15. But you know what? It had the setup and it had the punchline. Like, bam! Slay this! That is structure is what that is. I like that I made it PG-13 because you see a vampire, but in your mind. In your mind. But let me tell you, if I read that now and I would be like, good job, I really enjoyed the part Good job, little child who wrote this. (laughs) Oh my God, but that's so much your responsibility in fandom as an older fan is to go to like the stories like that 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 are are written by kids. The short little ones and be like, dude, here's the stuff you did and it was awesome. You know, it's great. up the reviews you have such an education that? background. I really do. I know. It's it's ridiculous. It's, in fact, I, like, got the name of, like, mom in my family. Aw, yeah, you did. Because <laughs> they were, like, they, they, like, sent me this picture on Tumblr of a chicken sitting on a basket of puppies. Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. And they were like, this is us and this is you. <laughs> You're the chicken. Okay, thanks, guys. I feel like I'm real old now. <laughs> I looked up the comments on that story. I had five. Um, oh, what were they? Okay. Okay, so in order, so they went through four years worth of comments, all five of them. In 2001, we have, that is good. I'm still laughing. Teddies. Oh, God. That's from girl with an E, 10. And then from Lady Daisy, we've got lol. Very funny. More, more. More. Oh. Wit says, falls out of chair laughing. Hey, Schlayer. Ha ha. Right? Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, We got flute angel. This might have been you. (laughs) Back in 2002. Was it like, was not. This was classic. What I wouldn't give to see Spike's naked butt. He can moon me any day. I mean, that could have been me. <laughs> There's no way to tell. <laughs> and then we've got Wolfmaid in Ooh. 2004 who says, Lol, that was hilarious. Awesome job. Oh. Very supportive, right? Yeah. Wait, so you have been having readers over the years. Isn't fandom Yeah, and beautiful? then we got this one here. Like, uh, oh, hey, my other one. I just want to read the description. Uh... This is the story transition, rated PG-13. It gets quite gory in some parts, but there's no sex. Comments. Spike finds a young girl dying in the street. The image haunts him. Dedication to Ragna, who is just one of the coolest chicks I have ever had the honor of emailing. We had, like, an email... Um, fan, fanfic round robin kind of thing. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disclaimer. Josses, mutant enemy. The characters are theirs. The rest is mine, mine, mine. Feedback. I'll forever be your bitch if you give me some. Oh, dear. And I got 13 feedbacks Heck yeah, on that you one, did. which is, you will write a sequel and it will be good. <laughs> you must write a sequel. Sequel, sequel. <laughs> sequel, sequel. I've got a sequel. <laughs> And then one from Coma Girl that just says, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Very nice. That is the comment you leave on the first chapter mm-hmm. of the story. That's like, 
I'm intrigued. Tell me more. Yeah, well, that's what gets people to write their thousand word. Tell me about it. Right? Well, yeah. You get a little bit of feedback and you're like, fuck yeah, so I shall it's keep true. doing so it. It's true. So the story that, really that I inspiring. just, that I just finished that I'm in the middle of posting that's like a hundred thousand words long started out as a 200 word prompt that someone was like, these two characters body swap. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Yeah, who's laughing now? A year and a half later. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> Uh, probably not me. <laughs> oh my god, that's so awesome! It really is. I mean, I, I, I have to say that I would not have done this. Like writing a novel was kind of on my bucket list, mm-hmm. but now it's actually too. happened. So, um, something that I started doing this. Um, so I told you about the Fickathons that we were like, Fickathon, it's a ridiculous name, but, uh, that people enter their stories Mm -hmm. based on a theme. So there are lots of fic challenges and, and, um, uh, competitions and stuff like that. So the one that I entered is called the work in progress, big bang. Uh, so it used to be that a big bang was a story of 50,000 words or more. And oh. now the Big Bangs are kind of like 10,000 words. This one is only 750 words. Uh, and it's like you just enter your story. As long as you've written 1,500 words on it, you can enter your story. Nice. And you have a deadline that you're going to get it done by. So I got talked into it by a friend, Lady Silver, who I was Lady just Silver. texting with. I, was like, I feel like there's a lot gonna... of Lady Silvers. I'm pretty oh, sure I definitely oh no. had some in communities. But she is one, the only. Uh, and she talked me into this. And I was like, oh, sure, no problem. And that was in March. <laughs> and since March, I have basically written this story. So in three months, I wrote a 100,000-word novel. Wow. Holy fucking shit. Right? So That's people so are words. like, fan fiction, whatever the fuck are you talking about? That's lame. And I was like, yeah, you know what's lame? I sat at home every night committing myself to finishing a project. And it's like, I don't care if you don't think it's legitimate fiction. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I really learned how to lay out a story, follow it through, and then edit it and work with collaborators who read my stuff and told me what I needed to fix. So I learned learned how to so many project-oriented things that are completely valid skills that if you disregard fan fiction as something that's valid, you disregard everything that I did on that entire project that I finished. Mm-hmm. And it's like, to just blatantly wipe it out as useless uh, is so short-sighted. Because you see all of these different skills that you're getting, and even if you don't really respect the end product, you have to say, this is something that someone did. Mm-hmm. You know, and respect yeah. that. So so I'm, I'm really excited about this and really proud of it, and I'm not even necessarily looking at the end result and saying, like, this is the best novel ever. <laughs> I don't even care. I wrote, you wrote, I wrote a novel, though. I wrote something that's coherent, and I wrote something that is... Complete. Um, complete. And engaging. And engaging. And, and I know that even if it's not the best thing ever, it will be something that someone wants to read because it's fan fiction about the show and because I love the characters and I want to share the story. And, and I'm on... Like, I have 25 chapters of this thing. I've posted six so far. And I get lovely comments of people who are, like, really excited because it's a case story. Like, the original story is um, case-based. So I was like, I'm going to write a mystery. And you're releasing it chapter by chapter. Like the old, like, Sherlock Holmes Strand articles. And and that's the other thing about fan fiction is it's very much Mm serial-based. And so it's, like, uh, it draws in readers um, so that you have a conversation with the writer and the reader. 
and it's much more engaging. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're starting to see that more now with creators and consumers because of Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and where those two people can interact, but previous to that, not really, mm -hmm. you know. I, I, something that really sort of strikes me and I wonder just how important it is to the, um, to the, the whole, the whole, like not vibe, that's not the word I'm going for that. Like, just like the whole construction of the fan fiction community is the fact that there is such readily available feedback from other people, yeah. the people who mm. want to read what you're writing because they're already invested in the characters. Yeah. And I, I think that that's something that people who criticize fan fiction really overlook is the fact that people are cutting their teeth on writing fan fiction a lot mm. of the time. Um, some people, like, that's really what they want to write, and that's totally <laughs> valid, and that's totally fine. People who are learning to write, you can't really get feedback on your original stuff mm -mm. without without paying people. Like, yeah, if unless you're writing you're in, like, a class or Existing mm. characters yeah. within some sort of can... Or at least, like, adjacent to some kind of canon mm. that people are already invested in, they're much more likely to look at what you're doing and then, like, give you feedback on what you're yeah. doing. And it's much easier to get that sort of, like sense of, like, is this worthwhile? Am I going in the right direction? Is this an engaging way of looking at things? NaNoWriMo has changed that a little bit, because sure. NaNoWriMo really, um, you know, people have these timelines, and so they group together as little mm -hmm. nod. They do nodules. pick, like, the worst <laughs> month of the year yeah. for, like... Don't they? For fucking, like, seasonal effectiveness <laughs> disorder. Yeah. I figure, I guess they figure everyone shut themselves We're already depressed anyway. and we're already not going out, so <laughs> Just write a write. novel. Um, that, that seems legit to me, so, but I just know that it's hard to, like... Pull that shit out, yeah. Uh, Camp NaNoWriMo can, uh, is, like, something that I think happens throughout the year, that mm. people set short-term goals and stuff like that. Uh, so there are original fiction groups that, that band together like this to give feedback on each other's mm -hmm. stuff. But it is really nice to have somebody who's invested in your story. Uh, one of the criticisms I hear leveled against fan fiction often is that it's like, oh, it's it's simple because the whole world is built for you. You don't have to build the world. It's like, that's okay. Um, it doesn't have to be like that because I've seen mm -hmm. stories where it's entirely an exploration of character. Yes. Uh, and you see it as I have entirely spent this whole story not needing to build it because I am investigating the relationship that these two people have. This is the issue that they're exploring. And I have seen people write those in such moving ways that you have revelations about people. Mm -hmm. So it's... um. I mean, maybe you could see that as training for building a bigger story where you put world building in with great characters. But I've also read a ton of published fiction that, yeah, the story is really cool, but the characters are just paper cutouts and they're mm -hmm. totally mm -hmm. there. I have no investment in them because yeah. this person has never understood how to write a relationship between two people. Yeah. <clears throat> I brought up, I brought up a, an author that I love, but who can't write people at all mm. in uh, our book club episode, Robert J. Sawyer, who's like, he'd probably punch oh, me I, in the face. Yeah. He'd punch <laughs> me in the face if he heard me say that, I'm sure. But I'm like, I love his stories. I love his mm. books and I eat them like candy, but like he can't write a person to save his life. That's so sad. And so it's like, he's got the world building, but he doesn't have the characters. Whereas, mm. like, and I wonder if that's a gendered thing. Like, women are meant to, or are, like, instructed to sort of look into people and see the inside of them and, like, understand their motivations and things and, like, being able to cater to that is something that's sort of trained into us, whether or not we like it. <laughs> I think we're given more permission to do it as well. True, we're very allowed, true. Because like men are not, this men are not area. generally expected to do it, and so nobody yeah. ever encourages mm -hmm. them where it's like considered to be part of like what women do. 
Yeah. And so I wonder if it's, like, just easier for women to empathize and yeah. create a character that's different from us. Whereas men tend, or some men who write, tend to write something that's a little bit more, like, here's so, an archetype that I've so heard about. So this is yeah. one of the most sexist things I think I have ever thought or said, but when you meet a dude in fandom, it you can almost always tell. So people hide behind their screen names and you don't really know anything about them except what they present to you. You typically don't get a pronoun, so you don't necessarily know who you're talking to. Sure. But I guarantee you, if I've writ- read a story written by a man, I can tell. Yeah. Because <clears throat> the viewpoint expressed in the characters is almost always so off kilter that it doesn't belong in fandom. <laughs> and I was like, why the hell is You're this? sexist beast. <laughs> I know, I know. It sounds incredibly sexist, but I've been right nine times out of ten. Well, they are laid low by the so matriarchy. What I what I find <laughs> hilarious about this, so my husband is 37 years old, and sure. he's a straight white man who's a professor of mathematics. And what a he, fucking nerd. Right? <laughs> he is lovely. Look at that locker. He is, he is a lovely man, but he is like the antithesis of what you think of fandom as being, right? He is like what fandom rebels against. Um, And when I started doing all of this fandom stuff with the Forever fandom, he was like, you sure spend a lot of time on Tumblr. Maybe I should get a Tumblr, and then I can hang out with you again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really nice way to put it, as opposed to get off the computer and let's go down by the river and eat you and go go down to the river and pray. I got really into this thing, and instead of being like, Ah, judge, judge, judge. He was like, this thing you're doing is really important to you, and you seem to be having a lot of fun. I would like to join in your fun. And he said, said, is that okay with you? Which is right there, like, check, gold star, (laughs) yes. Um, This is a little strange to me because I haven't shared my fandom life with, you know, anybody. Mm -hmm. It took me two years of dating the man to be like, so sometimes I write fan fiction. And he was like, that sounds really cool. And he married you. (laughs) And he married me anyway. (laughs) So he got, so he got involved in this and it was interesting because he entered into this unknown territory and so it was like teaching the alien about the human <laughs> he was, I don't even know how point, math works. At one point, he like busts in the room. And he's like, "What's impreg?" And I was, "No!" <laughs> I was just like, "What the fuck?" And we think, "Oh, uh, Lindsay, 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 Lindsay!" I sure hope you're listening to this right now. Right. So it's all these beautiful moments of he's like, oh, so they fun. get, so they get, so ass babies. Yes, I was like, yes, men have. Have vaginas inside their butthole. And no, that's not how it works. Yes, it's how it works. Well, it depends on your story. You gotta go the junior route. Oh, sorry. The original uh, M-Preg story. Oh, so the M-Preg. M-Preg means male, men that get pregnant. Male pregnancy. Okay. Yes. It is so, one of my least favorite yeah. devices. Yeah. Like, no disrespect uh, to yeah. the trans man community of, like, trans men who carry babies. I just mean, like, in fiction, it creeps oh, me out. Oh, my God. The world, the world. So this is, again, X-Files is X-Files yeah. and Star Trek are two of the ones because they have this it. supernatural slash sci-fi like thing that like I think anything they traced is it back possible. to I think they traced it back to an X Files story was the original Empreg and mm. it was like Mulder and what's that agent who turned out to be Crycheck Crycheck mm. I think it was them Spoiler mm. alert yeah. Spoiler alert Crycheck. <laughs> 
Uh, keep looking up Crycheck now. <laughs> See if he gives me a boner. I bet you he doesn't. <laughs> Nicholas Crycheck. When you look at him in the in the show in X-Files, he's so smooth-faced. Mm. I've seen him in more recent stuff. I think he was in Battlestar Galactica yeah. as well, and he was a little mm. more craggy, and that's nice. attractive. So so uh, leading Ben through all the fandom stuff was my... my I don't know, way of putting it all into words because he would ask me these questions and I'm like, oh, I have to explain this to you. Wow, how does somebody not know this? Because I've known this like since I started dabbling in fandom since I was 11. Yeah, but you're so in it that, of course, like... Yeah, in it to win it. So what I appreciated... And about seeing him enter into fandom is like you could tell from his voice that he was a male writer, but he was also very aware of himself as an outsider. Has he started writing? Fan he fiction? oh, so the fakeathons <gasps> that I started <gasps> doing—that's so cool. Yeah, he was like, I think this thing you're doing is really worthwhile, and I want to support you. I will enter your fakeathon. So he wrote his first fan fiction because I read this guy. Contest? Yes, he's Where written four of them. I know he's he entered for them. Did he write about forever? Or? Yeah, isn't that oh adorable? Oh my god, you chose wisely. <laughs> I have chosen wisely. You did yes. not chose poorly. <laughs> she was poorly. No, I was Intense very. Su- he was very sweet, and he has um, been on Tumblr and with me, uh, like <laughs> wading through this. Like it's a true test of your relationship. Field. It's a a cesspool. So one of the cool things that has come out of fandom that I think people underestimate, so you have this relationship where you're doing these creative things with people, and you're playing off people, and you're making all these stories, and you're working together. Um, You build a community, and you build relationships with these people. And there's a lot of teens, and Ben and I are in our 30s, and so we have had this privilege, really, to seeing these kids that we met when they were 16 go through 17 and 18 and now they've all graduated high school and we get messages every once in a while that's like I finished my year-end project and I got an A and we're like yes that's awesome it's like so I'm many applying babies for everywhere. university what should I do and Ben's like I'm a math professor let me tell you what I think and, and <laughs> once you're like I don't understand <laughs> this thing about geometry and he will answer them it's like Pythagoras says bloody blue yeah and I get another one who's like uh my final project's do tomorrow and I kind of need 12 answers to this question. Oh, no. I was like, let me mail it to all the professionals I know and we get our answers oh, back, you know. You guys are such cool. Yeah. So, great. so we've had this privilege what to mentor resource. these kids who are just wonderful, who've brought wonderful things into our lives that we never would have met otherwise, who are just the sweetest people who if I met a 16-year-old on the street, I wouldn't have had the I'd opportunity. Set them on fire. Yeah, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to get to know them like this, but it's like instead it's like you wrote this awesome story that I thought was really cute, and so I started to listen to you and so pay you attention to you. did not set them on fire, which I is probably not. the right thing to do. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we actually have um, a couple friends that like I dearly love who one of them is moving to Tacoma, and, and he's like, I'm going to come to visit you and bake you cookies. And like, I was like, right, that sounds awesome. Girl. I think that's great. Come so. on, weirdos from the internet. Come over to my house. Yeah, <laughs> so I have I've had some good success in that. Yeah. Right. Present company, all at the table. All included, yeah. It's exactly that. Well, yeah. If it wasn't for that so, goddamn silly forum, I wouldn't know you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's heartbreaking to even think about. So, yeah. We have a little patience for people who think there's nothing to this because there's, oh, there's so, so much, much in it. more to um, it. So, yeah. like, we're, we're pretty much at the end, but I see here that you have a note that you maybe haven't touched on, which is the Mary Sue, the concept of the Mary Sue. Oh, I'm wondering if God. you want to hit that before we go. I really do. Okay. Um, I think that's one of the most poisonous... We can close on the poison of the Mary Sue. Poisonous, sexist yeah. tropes Extricate ever. this shit from that whole thing yeah. yeah 
So I say to anybody who thinks that a Mary Sue is terrible, um... Well, let's explain the concept real quick. Okay, so what is a Mary Sue? A Mary Sue is a character who clearly is a self-insert of the writer into the story. Uh, Typically, the ultimate Mary Sue, she is a teenage girl who is a size zero with perfect hair and beautiful violet eyes, and she's not like other girls. Yeah. And nobody thinks that she's attractive. Ever. Nobody she thinks that think she's. That a, she doesn't think she's attractive, but everybody thinks she's attractive. And she wears glasses, and she's slightly nerdy, and she just turns out to be the hero. And she, she has all the powers and saves everybody. All the powers and saves everybody. Uh, basically, anyone who can describe this character, uh, if you made it a boy, it would be Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or ultimately, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Or, ultimately, or like fuck any you fucking you like novel. <laughs> yeah, right? If you don't like Mary Any Sue's... fucking Destiny dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can think of so many, like, men that have written that are just like, yeah, that's you. Like, when you read their history, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you were describing your own experience. You're on blast, Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Right? Where it's like, oh, you're the protagonist of your own story, and you, like, got through the trials and tribulations. Like, again, as I was saying before, it's like, you write what you know, so Mm -hmm. when people are denigrating people that put themselves in a situation that is, like, sort of familiar or whatever, like... So, you're just trashing on female characters, Mm -hmm. is what it comes down to. Um, Any... Uh, so I had a discussion, so I, I mentor a fic writing group for teen girls at a teen girl space, which at is... teen girl squad. <laughs> yes, yeah, teen girl squad. Um, Starring cheerleader, so-and-so, what's-her-face, yeah. and the ugly one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a crush on every boy! Okay, I'm gonna add that in. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! To the point here. Oh, I believe we titled the episode with Erin, teen, teen girl squad, actually. <laughs> teen goth squad, I think oh, yeah. it was. <laughs> so we had a discussion in this fic group where... Uh, Star Wars had just come out and they were like Ray is such a Mary Sue and I was Ooh. like tell me more and she was like oh, well she like beat Kylo Ren with a lightsaber as if that's realistic and I was like why is it unrealistic and she's like well who can do that without having it done and I was like well what did Luke Skywalker do mm-hmm. he like used the force to destroy the Death Star uh, he used the lightsaber to deflect all of those shots from the little training thing like mm-hmm. he doesn't have any training at all why is Ray the Mary Sue yeah. And she was like, well, she just is. And I was like, she just is because she's a girl? Yep. And it's like, it was like, look at the world that you are seeing. You have robots that talk and negotiate all of these things. You have magical forces of power that you cannot see. Mm-hmm. Why is it so unbelievable that a girl could win the fight? Why does that make her an unrealistic character? She got weak little girl arms and girl feelings. Exactly. Yeah. Have you seen Daisy Ridley fucking powerless? I know, right? Like 187 know. pounds. So, I mean, I think everybody should write a Mary so Sue and love it. So mm-hmm. I will go back in time and own my 11-year-old Michelle who helps the Star Trek Enterprise, <laughs> the Starship Enterprise, save the rainforest. Escape a gravity well yes, and then, like, exactly. yeah. God so I have, to, I have to live down my own Mary Sue's. You know what? Yeah, I, I, I want to, like, even the absolute worst example of a true Mary Sue character where someone who's really just like, and not a fake one like Ray, which is mm-hmm. not a true example of a Mary no. Sue at all. It's just like a version of a Skywalker basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like the absolute quote unquote worst example of a Mary Sue. It is a woman, a young woman, a girl 
trying to find her agency in a world that constantly tries to deny her. Like, Mm -hmm. what is the situation in which I will have value as a person? Like, Mm -hmm. where I have all of these abilities, and then people recognize me as being a person who has worth and value, and then I am the hero of the story. And that's a fucking beautiful thing. It is. Because we are denied that on such a regular basis. And to say that that is the most unrealistic thing in science fiction, like, come on, give me a break. Yeah. (laughs) Do we not remember worms and spice and shit like that? Like, weird shit has happened there's fiction. all kinds of things that happen. Yeah. There was such a mighty fist pump that you did. It was like oh, it was so like what's his face riding on Falcor the Love Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I love just, it. Like I was thinking about like maybe I'll like talk about Bella from Twilight and how she was just such like an empty vessel where yeah. it's like she had no features. Mm. She was like I'm just an average girl with an average this and an average that and an average this, mm. so that anyone could put their. Like they could put their personality into her, she's, so she's, she's a, like an empty a vessel. To wear, yeah, and then I was like, "So what the fuck is wrong with that?" Yeah, you get to get in that costume, and you get to like mm-hmm. actually kick all the ass. Mm-hmm. I was so mad about Twilight because I had such a vampire love for a long time, and then I read the fourth book mm-hmm. where she like becomes a vampire. Spoiler alert! Fucking kicks everybody's ass. Is the most powerful one, and whatever. And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah. I actually love that. The About last... goddamn time, Belle the Swan. <laughs> well, yeah, because like I felt like she was super boring for most of it because there was no personality. But it was like, yeah, you can sort of see yourself, and it's like, oh, it's like it warms young girls up to be like, yes, I could be in here in this love triangle between all these handsome yeah. men and do all this stuff, and then I want powers, but I don't have them, and then she finally gets them, and she's like. I realized the power was within me the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Then she fucking destroys everything. It's so good. And that's the whole point of all of this fan fiction is that you take all these stories that deny deny so many people that power Mm -hmm. in the narrative. And you're like, yeah, I put myself in that story. Or I put someone like me in that story. And they still own it. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. We can take this world. Yes. Yeah. yeah, well, yes. guys, I think that that's a pretty good spot to end off on. Honestly, Yay. I feel like pretty hopeful. Fist pumps 